And welcome back to WTF and Vonadil. You've entered a no pants zone with Spicy and the Fox Danger. Today we're joined again by one guest and one son's guest because Eric's was supposed to be here as well again and had some things to do, so they did not come tonight, unfortunately. But we are still joined by Funkworks, and I do have pants on. Thank you. No, this is a no pants zone. Funk. Wait, what the hell? We're on the wrong foot already. Okay, BRB. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Funk. But today we're going to be talking about relic weapons in our lore episode, you could say this is. It's a history slash lore episode slash there's not much game discussion about it, but we'll definitely discuss things that apply to the game in terms of the relic weapons. But just the relics because there's too many weapons to do in one episode. So I guess this is a new series we're starting, uh, Fox. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we we started uh, kicking around this idea in Discord chat. and uh, Three weeks ago? Uh, we. we yeah, a few weeks ago, and then like we realized that tackling all of them at once was a bad idea because of how like robust this list is going to be. So, Yep, and the other thing that we'll be doing besides Relics is just a personal thing for me. I will not mess up this episode, The Fox and The Funk. I will keep them separate, unlike last time, because you weren't there last time, Fox. So you're, this is the first time you're actually missing what happened between weeks here, and I messed up Ooh. you and, and Funk again. Oh, good job, man. It's the Fs. It's the F-O and F-U. They just, they just get me. Oh, it's certainly not the silhouette. F-U too. <laughs> silhouette. We do have a Funkworks outline. I did detail this before, and but an, we'll see well, if it coming no, off this time or not. It's an Eric's outline as well because he, he put a lot of the info for the weapons, but you had a lot of the other outlying history and everything in there. Yes, thank you, Eric's. It's really very detailed. I mean, we have our- I do appreciate your notes you put in there. He doesn't have the the funkisms, we'll call them. We'll get there. We have our guests doing infinitely more work for this episode than we have. Wait, yeah, 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 pretty much. Thanks, guys. Well, even in the last episode, in about two minutes, if not less, Funk came up with like nine talking points that were like he does get kept these in either his pillow or something and pulled them out. Like, <laughs> oh yes, these are the things I think about. What's in the bazaar for Max Gill? If you want to be a guest, you have to put an effort. <laughs> he just like, <laughs> that was it. He just threw them out in 30 seconds. Like, anyone have any ideas of things that can't be forgotten in an episode? We have, we're building a list here. Is anything that can't be forgotten? And immediately, within about 30 seconds, Funk goes, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's, uh, <laughs> he had this ready it's to a go. Part, it's part one and part two. Yep, it was in the chamber. Oh, I didn't know it was multi-part. <laughs> yeah, part two dating episode. Oh, wow. No, there's no part two, but no, he, he did that, and then he came back. He, he kept it in his mind that whole day, I guess, and he came back, what, 20 minutes later? And... I had no idea you were going to ask that. I just ran it off the top of my head. Yep. Well, you mentioned it, but I didn't realize you are going to ask that question. The funk danger. So, how are you, Fox? I'm doing pretty good. I finally uh, I finally finished the base version of, uh, of my bird gang, and I've been doing uh, all the trials for that. I was pretty stoked to get it done, and... Um, I do all the trials manually whenever I complete one of these things. And I had heard such awful horror stories about having to use atonement to get these, these kill shots. And it's not nearly as hard as people made it out to be. Like I would say between four and six hours is all I've taken so far towards doing it. And I'm already on the last kill trial. Like it's, it's not, uh, it's not really any different from any other weapon I use. In fact, I think Sfari and Annihilator were worse because I would accidentally like insta kill the mob because it's harder to control that. And like with Paladin, you just have to like, finagle your gear so you get to a certain point you just use atonement because i have tp now and move to the next one so there's that and then um outside of that um just did some upkeep on my car got that washed and 
and uh watch change you know ex- exciting adult stuff oh yeah absolutely you kept your pants on for that car wash right unfortunately yeah they're so restrictive you know they refuse my service otherwise <laughs> no they say no shirt no shoes no service i've never heard no pants no service so apparently it's a fair game yeah for real man but it's uh it's been pretty low-key um i've been uh i've been hanging out with uh my buddy a lot who lives in texas like do the whole like internet connection thing uh playing a lot of minecraft i'm kind of an architect in that game super nerdy stuff but it's pretty fun um but not a whole lot else man uh what do you have going on uh what about you uh i mean dragoon guy besides dt sets is or misc sets dt sets is done i updated some thief guy well the thief guy weapon skill sets are updated uh gotta do some fine tuning to others other sets in there too and add some stuff like you know dual wield accuracy or dual wield you know all the kind of sets that thief has because it's a stupid job and and stuff like that i uh, did some odyssey with melfina from the uh auction house forums didn't expect oh. to run into them in a pug oh. yeah they, they were thief as well which is fun how'd it go oh they you know uh, you would not expect a thief to do so well so it was great nice. to see a thief come prepared with nagling and daggers and and being attentive and collaborating and the things that you wouldn't think are important until you're in a pug group and the white mage is a bot and the bard dcs and <laughs> the white mage is being stupid and magro i blacklisted this white mage that's how bad they were uh, imagine that's... imagine getting up after a wipe because you know things went wrong and then the white mage immediately runs over past the party near the bombs and just casts a spell and gets killed <laughs> and you go I just said in party, go, you're an idiot. And then, sorry. And that was it. Right. Home pointed. That's refreshing to hear because, like, a lot of people take really cookie cutter setups to a lot of things, especially in regards to Odyssey, you know, just to get it done. And it's cool to hear that, like, a job like Thief did just fine in there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, really awesome. if you're going for max points, obviously you want a warrior, samurai, but Thief, it'll hold its own fox. I think I hold my own. Um, Think held its own. It has perks too because Thief is a job in the lower floors where you can throw on enough evasion without Mambo. Mambo is obviously very nice, but you can throw on meaningful yeah. evasion if things go poorly. Uh, just and that, that can be very important for certain things in a run. Yeah, for sure. We popped the uh, the tumult curator on floor one, opened up with Sleepka, and that same white mage was in range. Uh, and obviously they got slept and everyone got slept and I had not been able, I took my weapon out and went to flash and it slept me as I was trying to claim it. And it proceeded to then kill people in the party because I was asleep for, you know, a minute and a half and the white mage was asleep and not the thief. It killed the warrior, but the thief was able to, uh, survive and dodge, which was nice. Oh, nice. Not something you build around, of course, but. Yeah, you kind of have to go out your way to do that. Like I evasion tanked the NMs on blue mage, but. Like, obviously, your group wasn't set up to only do that, you know? Yeah. It, so it's cool. At least that was an option, right? It's a pug, too, so it wasn't great. The first run, we got 5.5, maybe maybe a little more than that. And then the next run, we won't talk about that run. That was the bot white mage. <laughs> the DC bard. Yeah, I've been doing Odyssey myself. Uh, at least my white mage is the only one who recalled Jugner's us in the middle of the run. What? Wait, what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, don't tell was... me. Were, were they using quick magic gear, too? Yeah, so we oh, all got no. teleported. Every single person got hit. It was just a, it was an honest mistake. <laughs> like, I mean, we've used him ever since we did Odyssey. We used him, so it was, it was an honest mistake. So, but still, it was 15 minutes left last night. How does that come up in just the list in general? That's not near anything. I have it? no idea. Teleport. I think it was a macro because he used like some thief macros in the, earlier in the run to disband from the party. Who uses oh, no. a macro for teleport? 
I have no idea. Hey, back in the day, you can make those the money. But not for, I mean, you wouldn't need to macro it still. You need to macro an invite or something. I don't know how it happened, but it was still funny. That's That's cool. I haven't used this macro in like 10 years. The run got cut short. You can't complain. Well, I hit my retrace macro. Oh, no. Yeah, I've been doing uh, fishing because I'm a masochist. Trying to get rank 8. Still with the fishing, huh? Yeah, it's pretty boring. It's all manual. No bots here. So just, I know just you're. Smock. I know you're. I know you were talking about that before. Like, do you think fishing is like the only key to get your rank eight? Because I'm like rank six, and I, I actually have some interest in ranking mine up. But like, well, is is that really what you have left? Or I was rank six, and I went to level all of my magic skills and combat skills, and in the midst of which I ranked up to rank seven. So I think it's pretty significant. Wait, you have to cap given... combat skills? Yeah, combat skills and magic skills are counted. I can't do that because I have uncapped combat skills on my character still. Yeah, I just really? did that maybe a month ago. You know what my great axe skill is, Fox? Oh, you're right. My great axe skill probably won't be considered true cap my, because of a uh, warrior. My great axe. Because you switch to the job. Oh, that sucks too. I don't have my warrior is 49, so that's never happened. Is your great axe skill four? No, it is zero. Oh, how lame. You're a rune fencer. <laughs> I thought, you <laughs> know, I did throwing too. I thought throwing would be the worst. But it really wasn't. I actually got the same day or day before I got a throwing boomerang thing from the mug chest. Just so it's assigned to do just it. Just get on ninja and auto attack. Well, I didn't even do that. I, just, I was just whacking it with a boomerang thing. Scaling up for oh, Mixian. Man. But if you stack up all of the yeah, if you stack up all of the uh, the gear, the bonuses from mod gardens and shit, and shit, and you can definitely get a lot of skill pretty fast. You got to call it Sakura the trust, right? Yeah, the, the, the Sakura trust. And then the Moogle Trust as well does magic skills. Funk, what was that? Sakura is what I called it. What is this? The English dub of card captor Sakura? Okay. Oh no, no, okay. I'll tell you where it came from, actually. Command Conquer Renegade had a character in it named Sakura. Okay, I thought you were doing it was the, the, the protagonist English woman. dub of card captor, and we we're going to have some problems because that is the worst, one of the worst English dubs of all time. So, <laughs> no, they actually said the name character name in the dialogue. That's where I got it from. It wasn't me guessing it. So they could get it, could have got it wrong. They probably got it wrong, but that's where it came from. But next, I'm going to work on chocobo raising, I believe. Oh, that's going to take yeah, what, that's two, three real months. Yeah, probably. I should be doing it now, honestly. You might as well. Better than spending 15 minutes in Odyssey. Yeah, 15 minutes, yep. Get your gardening yeah. ready so you can buy the, the vomp carrots and stuff you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You better make sure you get a properly bred chocobo too, a card from someone. You have to pay like two mil to have someone give you a card and get the right stats handed down through inheritance. I remember seeing some posts pretty far, pretty long ago, maybe three, four months ago about that, looking for cards. It was probably, no, that's too, that's too early. Like I know Arathiel, one of the people who wrote the show before, and he was within my circles for a while. Um, he went out of his way to breed a chocobo um, not too long ago when he had come back. I, I know that he put out some some things like asking people for like, like I'm going to say mates, but that's probably wrong. No, mate mates sounds right. Yeah, I guess. It's not like we're going to do fillies and steeds or whatever here. Well, I mean, I don't know like how it actually works. Like, do you actually like, check up your chocobos or whatever? Like, I just remember like hatching a chocobo and it was like this terrible, just absolutely stupid bird that didn't understand what to do. And I, I think I just kind of like left. I remember uh, I, I didn't do anything with, with the hot and cold game. You could get uh, dragon hearts back at 75 cap. That was nice. Automaton attachments. Oh, yeah. I imagine that too. And Fox, there is no stupid chocobo, only stupid chocobo breeder. Right. But I'm finally I, able to I, buy. 
at the Bunzee gear now. So maybe I'll update my Bard guy by the time this episode's out for the Odyssey gear. It's a big hole you go down, man. I was looking at Rune gear too the other day. Uh, was it last week? Posting now that Nayame is out for Rune, going nuts trying to like it's going to take me. I don't want to spend my whole day doing that because I could I could go down that hole. I don't think it's that much for Bard. Well, I'm not. I don't have melee gear on there, so it's just basically just idle. I was going to ask you about that, yeah, because like Bunzi is one of the few sets that I hadn't really looked at that well. And uh, is it like mostly the augments you're excited no. for, or, like in far as far as like trying to figure out or what? LDT minus. So if you have five out of five Bunzi plus D ring, you're capped. So the it opens up a huge can of worms, and what else you can augment and or put in other different spots. You know, it's like not going to be any kind of wrong stuff anymore. The possibilities are pretty endless, but you just lose a bunch of refresh from the Ghana and Ghana plus two. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just thinking Nyanga plus two is like usually pretty good, but it doesn't have you know, like you have to pick some really weird options for physical DT. So you That's don't want to put melee sets in your bard stuff because then you're going to get assholes like Simon says and people, and it's going to be like, a, well, actually, well, I want to stay from away from the Niyame stuff because I'm worried about the HP plus. I think we might drop down below seventy five percent if I swap and cure and go back to oh, HP no. plus. It'd be annoying. And aggro everything. Yeah. Well, only in Odyssey or something. It won't apply to most things. Well, it's one of those things that can be so subtle, especially well, on jobs if... where you don't normally do it, that it can be a real danger that you don't realize is there. So it's cool that you at least know that that could be a problem. It's more of a distraction thing, too. I, the white mage looks down and sees yellow HP every t- couple of seconds. I always hated that back in the day when you were meriting and you'd have the bard with the minstrel's ring and they go, the please ring. don't cure me. And they bring a cheat set and everything. Oh, man. Yeah, and they die pulling. They would get mad. I would care them just to troll them if I was on a job with care in any capacity, and they get so mad. Black mages would do it, too. Oh, yeah, the sorcerer's ring. That's even worse. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on here to our, I think, only segment um, that we have. And we have an email. Oh, boy. This one pertains mostly to funk. So do you want to read it, Fox? Because you have the uh, the silky satchmo voice. or Oh, really? You just read his. I'll read my response. All right, all right. So it starts with the first part you posted. Okay. Fun. Got a chance to listen to the DD mechanics, and it prompted me to dive into the formulas that are in BG. I felt like it was a good answer to what I was looking at on my last mail. Also fun was finding out I had my own asshole email of the week towards the end of the episode. I think this one and Geo are the ones that engage me the most, even though I'm a trash Geo. Thanks for the content. Anyways... Is there a way to donate to BG Wiki? I read your comment on a certain Twitch chat that said something like, of only this much was donated somewhere else. Thank you again. I assume they meant if. I'll be right back. I changed my drawers I after so. that one. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, you, I think someone just came. Oh, boy. Well, you're welcome, sir. No pants. So what is so wait, is this a continuation or a separate email? This is because, this like, is the guy to... that before it asked the solo jobs, it's it's been going what he should do for a solo job and, and last time he uh, there was the secret blue episode he commented on. We're we're doing like a, a six week exchange here now. Okay, okay. So I should just go right to this next one then. No, no, that's my response. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Jeez. Man, I don't know what's happening. Well, I told you just you. told me to read things, and like, there's no context to what I'm looking at. So, is okay, that, well, then take it from is here. Is that dude. Funk changing his pants? I hope so. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Are you talking about the torque wrench that's going on yeah. outside? I, I told you, like, there's like car maintenance and stuff happening around here. So I thought I heard the torque wrench, and I'm like, is that Funk changing his pants <laughs> after that? 
Oh man, that's one can only hope. He's got to get take his chest that he belt off. Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, so uh, my response was sorry for the delay. In my response: there were reasons, lol, because I had to reach out to you know everyone's favorite not responsive guy on the matter of donations. Uh, as for donating to BG, there is at this time no longer a way to donate financially to the site. While it is appreciated, the verdict was that donating your time, either editing, sharing pages, pointing out corrections or additions, etc., is the only way to give back. I will address this on the next recording. Um, oh, but there were various reasons given for this, including hatred for PayPal and skepticism for taking money from the community outside of well-defined fundraising, a la auction uh, clopedia sell-off. Yeah, I could see us adding a donate button. Everyone's going to blow it up saying we're pocketing the money. Well, I don't even care about that because people say stupid shit all the time. It's not true. Let them. Uh, the, the ones that matter are the ones that matter, and they are not. So, like, even if we did, we wouldn't get the money and go towards server costs. I was oh, kind of server costs. I was just surprised when Rag said that PayPal's stealing all the money. It's like, it, no, it's just their fee. It's not stealing. It's just capitalism. Yeah, I was surprised at that too. Because you're still getting something, but I understand not liking that PayPal's leeching out the donations. But yeah, that, I mean, there's no. There's no way at this time. It's just Rag doesn't want to do it. That's about it. The biggest donation you could give us is your time and effort to edit pages. And I agree. I agree with that sentiment. I mean, some people just want to give money and be done, which is understandable yeah. too. But, you know, we we don't want that support. We want to be a, the best wiki, the only wiki, the wiki. Yeah, even me, as lazy as I am, I've gone in there and corrected some information and retested some stuff. Like, it's not a whole lot of work, but, you know, if I can give back, a lot of people can give back, too. It's really not hard to, I mean, you don't have to know how to do anything. Sometimes you just click a page and just type some plain text in there for something that's, you know, in the notes, and that's it. Like yeah. we mentioned before, the way we learned to edit was just look at other things that are already done, pretty much. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, this is something I had thought about weeks ago, and now I'm thinking about it now. Um, if anyone, I'm open to training one or two people. Maybe preferably two, I guess. One is easily something that'll fail. Maybe two, maybe three at the most, just personally, if anyone wants to work with me in the little spare time I have, if they're patient enough to have me around. They can be three people that aren't around at the same time, of course. But if they want to, I'm very interested in bringing people into the fold with us, Funk, if that's something that you agree with. And just, you don't have to be part of training them or anything. I mean, they, they would probably ask questions and you'd answer them, of course. But I would personally work out with people if they want to go into a wiki apprenticeship here because there's going to come a point eventually where I'm not around to do things, you know, that I used to do. That's already a case now. I see people complain about like the Odyssey page or something. I haven't touched that page uh, in seven, since show B was the new content. So I have not done anything to improve that page like I have in the past. So if things aren't as good as they used to be, it's because only Funk's uh, doing the heavy lifting at this point, I think. Yeah, blame me for the shitty page. Well, no, you're the one doing the... You improved <laughs> it. No, I mean, it used to be really bad, and you at least made it so it's... The, if I went to it right now, I could easily, from what you've done, do a lot of stuff instead of getting caught in the weeds trying to, like, okay, how do I organize this? Yeah, as a matter of each like wing of content, troll or whatever, came out different times, so it was being added on after that, like, to the bottom of the page. So I need just a, a revamp to make it all linear. But now I think what's missing the most are the bosses, the uh, boss NM information on each page. I was adding, different. was adding some of the 
family resistances or whatever to try and uh, bolster that out a bit. But you know, uh, to add to the uh, the Odyssey uh, pages, like being more accurate and everything, um, there's actually a series of videos out there that I've started to look at uh, by a Japanese, Japanese guy with the white background and black. Yeah, the, the one that I posted in our Discord. Yeah, it's um by the the images they use are really awesome for each of the NMs. I like that silk screen. Uh, but the actual content itself, even if you don't understand Japanese, like if you want to watch these and like try to update the stuff in, I, I might do that in the future. Um, but they their strats are basically flawless for being able to take these NMs on. And I, I actually want to work on like some of the translation for it because they have some of the formulas that they just show you on how like some of the things work that we just don't really understand completely ourselves. So it's uh, it's worthwhile stuff if you can look it up on YouTube. It's honestly surprising how detailed it is. I've seen it before too. I'm always yeah. really perplexed at how the Japanese videos like that are always so detailed and know all this, everything you need to know about it and have formulas on it and all that. And then the NA page is like, we're buffing, we're fighting, it died. And, it, you know, that's, that's about the extent of it. Well, a lot of it's opposite too, though. Sometimes we're more accurate and more detailed and they're less detailed. We zerged it harder. I used fencer build. Everyone else is weaker in DPS. <laughs> right. Get good. I use spreadsheet. So let's go in to relic weapons here. I guess, do you want to start us off funk with the history or what do you want to do here? I, I mean, back at 75 cap, I think is where we should start. A lot of these were really mysterious to us. We were lucky for one link shell to have one weapon. Do you guys, did you guys have any weapons in your link shells back then? Um, I didn't have, I, did, I had a link shell for it at the 75 cap for maybe the last, year or two two years the last of the 75 caps so i kind of came late to the dynamis game but yeah we had a ragnarok and a mandow and i mean i don't remember everyone else's but there was a couple uh my group had three uh we had a shield a horn and a great katana we had at least i'd say one of each maybe maybe we're missing one so we were pretty hardcore back then i do i know the weapons were first released in april 2004 but the shield was not released until after COP came out, so that was April 2005. I didn't know that. I wasn't around then either, so... Yes, because one of the ingredients for the shield was the Almafia hide, and the Almafia fight basically was in Luface Meadows. You popped it with one of the relic shields. Oh, from yeah, that's right. I remember that stupid ram. Yeah, you popped it, and we basically ran all the way down because the pop spot is up where the level 75 rams are and those birds. So you ran down to where the Giganto buggered a no megalobugger respond. And all of the sheeps and all of the rams in the zone basically came to Almathe to help him. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> Those are what the fights used to be like. Those are the things we miss. Yeah, it was so much fun doing that. But you needed one, like, leather, I think it was, for the shield, maybe the hide. Yeah, it was something like that. But either, either way, if you broke the leather, you had to go get another one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you just had to trade the shield to get it, though. So it wasn't... Yeah, like, but you needed your link shield to help you find it. Yeah, because you had to deal with all the ads, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, but, um, but we had, I think I got my horde in 2006, I want to say. So it was pretty fairly early on. 2006, um, and then you only made your guide what year? I want to say two years ago, one year ago. <laughs> I had an uh, equipment guide for a while. Wow, okay, okay. So the equipment guide, I guess we could say counts. A little slow there. You got the relic faster than the guide there. The guide was yes, the, true, the true achievement. <laughs> uh, we absorbed most of ours. Um our uh, samurai buddy, he came standard with it already from another group, and uh, I actually don't know much about how he got his, and then uh, our, our G-Horn Bard came from from somewhere else also. The only thing, 
we actually had a hand in was making uh making my buddy his shield but um yeah, so those were the only three I had to work with, and like two of them were technically outsourced. Well, if anything from our last episodes tells me anything about how they had that, they either cheated, murked, multi-boxed, or they dated someone who gave them the weapon, or they faked having cancer twice to uh, get their <laughs> own weapon. That's so shitty. <laughs> yeah, Link Show sponsored events were the norm back then. I don't know how people fell for it. Just sitting there for three hours when the relic person who's making the weapon sponsored the run. I remember that. Uh, they got all the currency. I mean, and no one who is new or whatever really heard about that. But I remember Anthony. It, he's still actually around. I don't even know if it's the same guy. But all those years ago, he's like Anthony with no O in his name because I guess it was taken. He sponsored, like he put together like not like pickup groups, but like friends plus pickup groups plus it was something weird. And he did that to get his Gungnir back in the day. Yeah, so it's either you do the pickup groups like you mentioned, or the Link Show bought the glass and all the currency was pooled into one and given to the person making the weapon. But if you do shot groups, basically the you get the relic armor. So is your shot going in and then hoping to get your relic armor and not wiping? I think that too, yeah. You know, I I had never actually thought about it that hard. But yeah, like with the sponsored runs, which is what we primarily did, um, I remember the uh, the relic armor and stuff that dropped was like the real driving incentive for people to actually attending those runs. And those people attended those runs. And then if they didn't have like the attendance or, or, or the points to yeah. get it, like they couldn't even lock that armor afterwards. They were basically just like labor who got behind the power curve if they ever had to miss a day because everyone else was hitting the day, you know. So everyone always had more points yeah. than them until they were spent. So yeah, like the like looking back on it now, like that system is really terrible. It really was. It was horrible. It was designed only for people who were there or, you know, dating the league show leader like Missy Nyanya that week or something. Yeah, it was only for the hardcore dedicated people to get who who did it put the most effort in the group pretty much is Pyramid how they decided. Scene. Yeah. But with the whole mystery around the weapons also came different rumors and such like the link the north american group or players i should say didn't know about the double triple damage on it because they couldn't they didn't have one for testing so they didn't know how it worked and it was a hidden effect of course so no one knew it was there still a wasn't in the deaths with our uh with our gregatana guy we didn't even bring it up that often that there's like double triple damage or whatever we cared more about his ability to use chitin that used to be cool back then before they made new weapon skills and invalidated all the relic weapon skills or most of the relic weapon skills. Yeah, to do be able to do like multi lights and be able to have our black mages burst. Like that's what we actually cared about most of the time. Back when black mages yeah. bursted. And yeah. I, I remember at one point a few years back they were asking, you know, because all the players can get the mythic weapon skills and the Imperium weapon skills and such. Why can't we get their relic weapon skills? And they were saying something about how they're hard coded in the weapons and the way they were made in the first place, they can't give them to us now. Some PS2 limitations excuse. I don't which is buy horseshit that. Because well, they made those uh, they made those Abyssia weapons where you had to like yeah. unlock it through thirteen successive uses or yeah, whatever. Yeah, hard coded into those too. Right. And so every thirteen weapon skills you did, you could do one chitin. For that instance, was, those were the worst. The only time I mean, I've ever cool done to onslaught to on my character. Them. Yeah, I don't know. I used to collect those. <laughs> you two were actually like waiting for each other and then talking at each I'm, other. I'm I'm always waiting for Funk. Go go ahead, Funk. Because <laughs> of the actual weapon skills, not like the melon slicer where it's some stupid name. Nancy Rotund for the weapon for the sword. So, do those joke weapon skills actually have their property associated with them? I've never actually used them for for that purpose or ever actually. Like I don't like I know Knights of Rotund is a play on Knights of Round, right? 
but does it actually have like a fusion property? Like, can you skill chain with it? That's what I was asking. I'm not sure. Oh, weird. I remember using the melon slicer for Omen for objectives. Let me just use BG here. Uh, oh, way to go, spicy. Light property on Rotund. That's it. Oh. That's lame. That's actually worse than if it was the other property. Pretty so much. technically, these weapon skills are taking up slots in the dats. That's so stupid. When it could be something else, yeah. yeah. Theoretically, even if they're hard-coded into a weapon, couldn't you just put them into the dats like these and just have a duplicate and then have it do the same of everything? It's extra work. But I you think they just... are. I just don't think they want to give them to us. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them because relics are so underwhelming, mediocre, or flat-out crappy that having a weapon skill attached to them is the only thing they have. Like they tried fixing them when the uh, weapon 119 version threes came out with afterglows. They did to fix a few, but they still need more help. Yeah, they fixed uh, Garskogel or whatever and changed it from an agility modifier to dex, and that's about it because shock spikes are still stupid and everything. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But back in 2005, during inflation, I believe it was Christmas time when all, all the pe- all the moms and dads got their kids gill for christmas so <laughs> the inflation was ridiculous my mama and papa never got me gill for christmas right that would have been sweet <laughs> but i think at, at its heyday a coin was worth 30k each which made a relic weapon 540 million to complete i couldn't even fathom having that much gill back then like like my, my group like sold drops and stuff like that but like no, none of us individually like had that much ever on us that's for sure yeah i never had that much once I started playing more than like two jobs more recently, like when we started talking about jobs in this podcast, like pupping things and I get interested again, I can't imagine ever having that much money ever again. Yeah, right. So near thing about Gutler. <laughs> Don't even have a beast. 37. Don't even have a beast. It's such a sweet axe, though. Oh, so the BG thread for tracking relic holders is the thing, wasn't it? Because I remember there being one, too, for Empyrean weapons, and I had posted in that one. Yeah, so back then, before World World transfers everyone had a list of who had each weapon this is before auction house so there's no way to track them so everyone just basically reported on this thread about who had one just for ego purposes i miss when bg forums were a thing now we just have a couple threads in there that no one will come post at us big kills was pretty fun <laughs> didn't the uh the play online like link show community website or whatever before they just decommissioned that didn't that have some sort of like achievement based thing for what relics you had not achievement the link points, community but it would recognize the item yeah, maybe that maybe that's what it was. I, I couldn't remember. Where they used to buy info I, from. Uh, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I never really looked into it that deep. Then I think Guildwork took over, and Guildwork just was never maintained. Yeah, the it still works. Bigger and better of. things like Discord were on the, yeah. the docket. I don't want to say more about it because I always have a problem <laughs> with with just you know the the endeavor there to just abandon something because you didn't make money on it and go to the next thing. It's like, well, people kind of like that. Thank you. You know, going back to the weapon skills, though, like I am kind of disappointed that this is the only way to use those weapon skills, because the the only cool thing about the relic weapon skills is that they uh, provide skill chain properties that the weapon doesn't normally or the weapon type doesn't normally get or that job wouldn't normally get. So just from skill chain, just compatibility alone, I think it would be awesome if we had a way to like use them on weapons that mattered for certain more. jobs, because something like Mercy yeah. Stroke is useless for skill chain properties. It used to be back in the day. I, even I had a Mando back in the day. I used to love my Mando. Yeah, well, there's no Rudra Storm back then, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what else do we have? I mean, the attestation the, the stuff. very. Yeah, the, the fun task of getting your attestation and your fragment to make the weapon, not to mention sitting 
through hours of dynamics to farm currency for the whoever's making it you know you make it sound like a, a terrible thing too and i mean it was like like time wise and be. stuff like that yeah but i mean i always had fun in dynamics like i was usually I sometimes did usually black it was like uh, it's like odyssey these days the only thing to do these in, to basically improve yourself besides h&m's I, I enjoy doing other content in different ways or even just by myself that i it was even... part of the weekly schedule <laughs> oh god that was the problem i still yeah. have is weekly schedules but I, I just always, I always enjoyed it. Like I, I got to, I, I was a black mage assist, so I got to like wield death, like I had the remote, and like I just like pointed at black mages and stuff, and it just got evaporated. It was like the most fun thing. I so miss well, being a black mage. But it was fun. But we didn't know any better. Like if we knew <laughs> how much gill we were giving to these people, yeah. I mean, I, I can't really talk to them hypocrite because that's how I, that's part of how I got my. Well, I knew how much gill we were giving the dude for I did shield. Too, yeah. Like, I mean, I wasn't, I obviously wasn't dating the dude, but, uh, I knew that, that we were give, giving him a shield. It's just, it never occurred to me that it was like such a scam that these people wouldn't be able to get like their, their relic armor and stuff from these drops, like as a guarantee, yeah. you know, depending on how each, each group did it, you know, even sponsored like, I just never runs, thought of it. It never occurred to me. Sponsored run sometimes I had seen in the link show. I was in the longest time for that was they gave a discount on the currency of like a certain type. Someone would buy that one type for that stage and they would sell the rest or something or. And the sponsoring would be that it's cheaper to buy and stuff like that. But yeah, those those people who are like, you know, there to get the relic gear and they, they were like double shafted on those attestation runs, though, because like you basically didn't get to farm anything. You were there to farm and like those zones were like the most lucrative zones to get your gear in because they were the ones that had like the best drops generally. Yeah. So I'll talk about that a bit. So in, in order for an attestation run, which is Busidine and still is, but it's totally different now these days. But in order to pop the NM, the big uh, Hydra guy who dropped you at a station, who had a chance of dropping you at a station, I should say, a uh, ninja team, usually a bard, two ninjas, something like that, ran all the way up to the new tower. It's close to the zone to Zuckerbard, but it's a different path, you know? It's the one you go to for Soja, for Diablos, uh, or Diabolos, or whatever, in COP. That's the new tower for anyone who doesn't make Brown Belt nowadays because New wouldn't make it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we use Mazurka and Hermes Quenchers to get up there. And if you died in the in a bad spot, it was over. Because everything is already popped by then. So the way it is, is the eyes popped ads. And if you ran quickly past them, you could get past them without without running into the mobs. But if you died, home pointed to come back with a Fizzer Mule outside the gate to give me another glass, well, you I basically died that. instantly. Yeah, they were already spawned. So I forgot about that. Spawned, so you had like one shot basically to get there. And we had glass windows outside for people who came late because you basically traded the perpetual hourglass. You made duplicates, gave them to people who were going in. Hopefully don't trade somebody like a mule trying to sit there and spam trade you. That was actually so that the greatest thing. I wish diversions had like a hourglass mule on the outside you could do and invite someone into your run. Yeah, and then I know what happened to us a couple of times where we stole someone's zone. They would sit there and spam us to try to get a glass to go and fuck up our zone <laughs> oh yeah i forgot it about used that to be too. a website too or multiple websites where people had be like a calendar and people on the server would reserve like they would put their link yep. shows doing it at this time in this place in this zone this week and people would actually try and coordinate sometimes around each other yeah but anyways if you got to the tower without dying on the way and fucking everything up you had to kill the, uh, basically an eye i don't think it spawned any ads but if you killed the eye that would trigger the nms to spawn in each of the towers and you had one shot per run, so it's one shot every three days, as long as everything went correctly to get an station that you needed. Sometimes it wouldn't drop for weeks. Yeah, you'd get, like, when I was doing my um, 
my bard one i got like 15 dagger wet ass stations before i got mine that's rough yeah so like nowadays everyone can take that frustration they get when they have to go in and farm this shit to pop the nm and then watch the nm not drop anything just imagine having to wait three days between yeah so you had to wait like, it, it could be a lot worse <laughs> you had to wait over a month there you had to wait a month and a half yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and people complain i can't get in the buffalo thickets yeah remnants i can't get in the buffalo remnants yeah oh you. yeah yeah, the the ground was real back then, and the fragment NMs were a whole other story as well. Like if you were not lucky, lucky enough not to die, like the Google Fape guy, he just spammed the magic on your ass. Maidens, Verily, AOE gods and shit. But the fragments, though, um, how it is, how it was back then is you had one, basically one chance again per run to kill the mob. But the the fragment was one hundred percent drop, so that's the only saving grace of this. So yes, you, you aggro the NM. So let's say, take the horn for instance. You aggro the horn. All the animated horns spawn at once. The horn could verily you, so it charm the tank over and over again. Yep. So one person would run run the ads away. You'd pull the animated weapon off of the train, and you'd basically go boss the wall. Hopefully, you can kill it in time yeah. before it warps. You would have to it warp. You have to throw stuns out because everyone would be like, throw stuns out the weapon. They'll get bored because they're doing emotes and get bored. Yeah, yeah, it does the emotes in chat. I don't think stun so, even helped. I don't know if it did or not. I don't know if it's just a rumor or what, but I have it. seen it warp at different different times as well. So I, it could have some merit. You know, either, talking either about, warped away or you kill it and get your fragment finally. Talking about these wonky-ass strategies we have with Hermes Quenchers and Glass Mules and, and Charming a Tank and everyone running around and doing this stuff and, and all this, I kind of miss that kind of uh, haphazard uh, strategy building and just kind of like trying to go by the skin of your teeth that used to be in this game or kiting things when things went wrong. Like a lot of that you don't yeah. have anymore and I kind of really miss that aspect. Well, the scope of this game has been reduced. Like everything is like a timed content or yeah. Dynamics was timed, but Dynamics was like several hours and like now we have like 30 minute content and it's no longer of like a world scope. It's now an instant scope and that was, uh, th that's a pretty huge change in in being able to approach content that way or like design content in that way i liked uh abyssia a lot for that actually because what it was was the i'm gonna say perfect but it was the a very well done compromise in my mind between instancing and open worlding where you had to go into an instance i mean i don't think this is a zone it's not instance but you had time and everything uh and you would have multiple pop spots in the zone well it didn't exist at first but just to be able to have multiple groups of the same thing of course there's the same ones you'd conflict over but, you know, to be able to pop, there'll be multiple spots and everything and be able to do whatever you want in that zone. That was really nice to have an open-ended zone to pick stuff in to do that. You know, same with ZNMs. If there was multiple pop spots for ZNMs, still, it should still exist to this day. They should make multiple pop spots. Um, that I really like that concept, and they don't have that anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. The game's When so two big. hours were actually two hours. There's so many zones and so many things. There's so much you can, like, what the... Um, with Void Watch, you, there was another way to revisit a zone and do something. That was cool, too. And there's multiple instances of things in the zone. They really could just do that again, but you know they're not going to. Salvage and, was my favorite. Salvage OG lost. Salvage. Oh, yeah. I but like items. Even stuff like Dynamis. Well, well even stuff with like Dy Dynamis, right? Um, you could go into like a bunch of different kinds of strats and stuff and still be able to, to pull it off. Now, I mean, a bunch of different strats, like back then with our limited tools, was like whether you were using Black Mages or not, mostly. But when you look at it now, like Dynamis back then, if you weren't on like a super time sensitive run, like your paper or your fragment, like you could wipe and still be able to recover and like the content still felt doable. 
And I guess you can kind of do that in Dyna D now too. But like, imagine like wiping completely in Odyssey. Like there's not enough time during that event to really pick up the, you know, pick yourself back up and yeah. have any kind of tangible run afterwards. If you died with 20 or 15 minutes left, obviously that's only half the run, but it just feels like if you have 10 or 15 minutes left or a wipe, it just kind of feels like the whole run's over. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it could still feel that way in Dynamis, like old OG Dynamis, but at least it still felt like you could do something about it. You know, you, you could still do like some kind of farm or, or something. It's like they meant for you to wipe, you know? Like they took it into account when they designed the content. Yeah, that was a good design. We usually took it as a given sometimes, like when we'd sack pull things. Yeah, yeah. It's just these days, they're expecting you not to wipe. Like Odyssey, like you mentioned. Like you mentioned so. Everyone tries so hard not to. Yeah. I mean, you you can not wipe in Odyssey. Like it's actually pretty straightforward to do, depending on the level of your gear and your preparedness of your let party. Me, let me tell you, but that's not, not the point, though. Because like, if the, if the content's supposed to be content that like anybody can get into, like there's going to be a variety of different like skill levels, players, strats to go down, and you know, having it be so unforgiving like that isn't conducive to like a new group learning what how you know what their swing is and how they want to approach it. I like Ambuscade in that respect because now that they've fixed the, you know, for all the years we complain about the line, now there's pretty much no line. Even on a server, there's no line, basically, depending on times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little wait, but just being able to go right back in, not have your item and everything. There's like there's not there's no punishment to wipe. I mean you, you I I don't even want to recover and get up. Sometimes depending on how the fight is, I might want to, but just at least I'm not punished where I have to like I have to wait three days to go back in or something stupid or 24 hours. At least with Ambuscade, I can go back in. Yeah, I love how you don't use a key item if you wipe. Yeah. But I mean, in Odyssey and Omen, when you wipe, it's not over. I feel like Omen was well done and for what it is. But Odyssey is just so dumb. I like the NMs. The NMs are great, but the, the base part of Odyssey is stupid. I've always yeah. said it should be like an hour-long event, and I, I still stand by that. Yeah, it should be. It's. I mean, you I like if you'd be able to store the the items like canteens and then be a one hour event. That's that's perfect. Yeah, but I mean, going back going back to the uh, relic weapons, the the papers and the fragments and stuff. I never actually had the pleasure of fighting the, the horn, and that sounds awful. The whole Verily thing. Yeah, uh, the the shield, the AOE shield bash. And it was a yeah. huge ass fucking range. Yeah, I, that one I did know. The horn like was the, still the bad in, in Neo Dynamis. I never got to. You're talking about like. Um, Today's Dynamis, um, just before all the eye level and everything, just playing 99, you'd get charmed and it'd still be oh, yeah. bad. So I'm actually really sad that I missed that portion of it. Like, I just know, like, the super vanilla 75 version of Dynamis, like, the overpowered version of Dynamis is, is kind of interesting to me. And, and you know, I never got to experience it. I liked the original Dynamis a lot. I really loved the new Dynamis because it was something I could low man and that fit the game really well. And now it's just outdated content that people just destroy or bot now. And it, I mean, I remember doing it 99 on eye level. It was actually really kind of fun and cool to do that stuff. And certain items like the, uh, the belt from the Fungar was great for beast for many years and stuff like that. It was, it was kind of like taking Abyssia and it was actually exactly what it was. It was taking Dynamis and Abyssiaizing it. Are you talking yeah. about Dreamland? Dreamlands Dynamis was awesome. You, you didn't know the strategy. You had to find the NMs and figure yeah. out what, what the weaknesses were for each NM. Well, yeah, I'm talking Dreamlands, but I'm talking the Neo Dreamlands, the 99 version, where they had a proking and the weapon, or the, the belt that had haste or whatever for Beastmaster from the Fungar up in the corner there and stuff like that. But yes, the original Dreamlands were very fun, too. Better than the original. The other yeah, original Dreamlands, yeah. But there was like a sense of danger. Like you walked in there, you get fucking one, one-shot weapon skilled from shit. And that danger still existed at yeah. 99. It's just when they went past 99, it, it all faded and became pointless. 
Well, I remember like back when it very first came out, like uh, having access to like uh, Dynamis, uh, Dynamis Tabnasia. And that zone just felt like compared to all the others, like super cramped. Yeah. And I was like super afraid to do like anything because I thought everything was going to aggro. I remember it felt so cool to fight the, the Diabolus uh, NM in there because, you know, you, you people be dying and there's only a couple people still alive. And I, I was on blue too, and it'll be a couple people alive and we're, it's like 5% or something. And you're like, are we going to beat it? Are we going to lose this week? Yeah, for Dynamis Tanasia, it was 18 people maximum. So usually we had over 18, so people got salty when they couldn't go. Especially all the minus, one, the minus one bodies and legs dropped there. Oh, yeah. And the Juno Christmas music when you pulled Diablos. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. I still think the day, I think. You don't know that? I think box? I might have been playing with the... I, I don't remember. I think I might have been playing with my sound off at the time, though. Because I don't typically play with my sound on even nowadays. Yeah, same. Did you know there's a new BGM for the boss for Odyssey? Is there? Oh no, I didn't know. Oh, tier four? No, I didn't. I never played it. I did not know. You can play it with a set BGM add-on. Oh, I'll have to go get that. Oh man. So, do we want to get into the weapons now, or is there something still like dynamis related, like Hydrocore or something? Yeah, Hydrocore. What the it's fucking Vanadil uh, is original dynamis. Yeah, it's interesting though how um the Hydrocore in the game lore. Forgive me if this is wrong. It's probably butchered hell. But how the original, basically the people who went to discover the North in the game, they're all they're basically a hydro core. That's why you get when you when you win a zone, you get the hydra key item for that zone to signify you won. So, so they were basically the original owners of these weapons, I believe. And that's why the NMs are also all hydra. All the hydra mobs in the Northlands areas are based off of the hydra core in the in the game lore. But it was, I'm not sure how they tie into how in the campaign, how some NPCs yield the weapons. And these NPCs think, are also the ones who give you the weapon when you finish it in the game cutscene. I think what it actually was, was, um, was it was at least their armor they're wearing uh, was the ar- armor that, they, that you were getting as drops. Like that, that was the, the point of that the whole time. I never knew how the actual like relics played into that, though. Like I didn't I never actually looked deep enough into it to figure out if it was actually coming from them. And whether or not that's a plot hole with Wings of the Goddess, like you're saying. I bet Eric's would have known. Well, the cutscenes were there before <laughs> Wings of the Goddess. So they must exactly. have pulled the NPCs from the cutscenes and made them assisters in the campaign past. Yeah, wait, well, you're missing the whole, the whole thing here. If from my memory of the BG page here, which someone might have to pull that up, Funk, is that um, Dynamis is an alternate reality dream world thing within Diablos's imagination or something so it's not that it's a plot hole it's an alternate plot timeline you know it's it's yeah it's okay it's a different time space from von Adil. oh boy and this is where cannons go to die <laughs> see i remember every time useful for the episode yeah that's fair you imagine there has to be someone but listening yeah, to it and be like it's a time space difference and it's like oh that, the that, that i know vividly is that the NPC in in your campaign battles that uses the Aegis is not the same as the Perseus that literally gives you the shield in the cutscene. So just automatically, like, there's some kind of disconnect there. Well, that was the one that came after the rest, like, like a year right. later. But I mean, Wings of the Goddess still came after that, though. And yeah. that's, that's the part that I, I don't know. That. <laughs> that, that That's where it starts to get weird. I want to know why Matt looks just as old fighting in Wings of the Goddess as he does in Up in Ruled Gardens. I want to know his secrets. Was he a freaking Patrick Stewart? Never ages. Right. Never ages. Oh! <laughs> oh, he did it. Eric's would be proud. 
Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure somewhere he is and he's already aware. One more tidbit before we get into actual weapons is um, the base weapons used to drop when they first implemented Dynamis in 2004. No one knew what they were for. Like the level one things you start with. Yeah, the 999 delays. And until they implemented the Northlands in 2005, that's that's when you could actually make the weapons. I remember the stage four weapon when it had the bonus for Indynamis. Those were actually still like the best weapon you could use for the jobs generally. Oh yeah, I was so psyched when I got my Millennium Horn. And it took I, a lot of work to get to that. And then a lot of as much work as it took to get to the last stage, of course, still. But it was just like kind of cool to see people use them. I saw a lot of Dark Knights using the, the Beck de Falcon or whatever, um, the, the stage before. Um, before they actually like finished everything, because it was like still a good scythe to use. SC tried that too with divergence, where they made the the SU four instead of the five have like only in divergence properties, which is stupid. But they they think they try to keep with the theme without thinking about it. We're gonna go into the actual mythology here of the names, but even the stage four names had meaning. Like Caliburn was the Excalibur stage four. It's pretty cool how much they integrated it. They had some history buffs on the on the payroll right well not to jump too far ahead but just the fact that excalibur is called caliburn beforehand like it's just kind of a weird choice they decided to do something like that because that's technically synonymous depending on the language at least according to what eric's pulled up for us so it's like how they it's just because excalibur is the most well-known name for the sword that that's why they chose that or Probably. I mean, that's what I only knew is excalibur i heard of excalibur before starting the game if anything i don't know why the shield comes from it was called the 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 Kaladvich or whatever. <laughs> Just the Welsh that name again? that's unpronounceable. The Kaladvich. <laughs> I, I, there's no there's no world where I can pronounce this. Yeah, look, look under his where where he, where he sent us the info on Excalibur. Like there's the uh, there's uh we're not there yet. Caliburnus. I don't know, but I, I saw I saw it just now, and I was like, well, how do you pronounce this word? Okay, Caliburnus. No, no, oh, the word oh. Kalifulch. <laughs> sure, man. It's like Welsh or something. Because only in Welsh would you have a D, F, W, L, C, and H next to each other in a word. I'm sure there's a different language that does that too, but that, that looks Welsh to me. It's a consonant avalanche. Yes. And it makes sense when they say it, but no one else can pronounce it. Should we start with the Safari? Well, yeah. do we start with the in-game name or do we start with the actual name it's supposed to be? In-game. Here's, here's going to be my tinfoil hat. Someone at SE didn't press the key on the keyboard and they just ran with it. <laughs> the Safari. Right. It's spelled S-P-H-A-I-R-A-I for uh, real-life lore mythology. Yeah, there's an I missing in the game, so it's it's Far-I in the game, but it's Sfere or whatever, or Sfire in off the game. I can't pronounce things very well, so but that's you get the gist. I find it interesting that some of these names are going to be like from like legendary things, and stuff like Sfare here just is another name for just a common-ass item. Yes, but it's a common as ancient item. True. I don't think people wear, uh, you know, cestus nowadays when they fight. They use like brass knuckles, but that's essentially what it was. Yeah, and that's also the stage of it before you get to the uh, the final product. Anyway, what's it called? So, like, they, they definitely know their history. The the Kestis. Oh, okay. So let's yeah. see. Eric's here says um, that Sphere was named. I'm just going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> like, close enough. Screw it. The Savare uh, was named after the Acestus or Acestus, uh that was used in ancient Greek boxing slash fist fighting matches, which would be worn like modern boxing gloves. Well, Monk is pretty fitting then. Well, yes. Apuchalist. Yeah, but these boxing matches were like way more metal than ours. Gladiatorial. 
Yeah, because they had like spikes and like blades and stuff in, in, in their boxing gloves. And like nowadays, if you do that, you just kind of, you know, get ejected. Uh, so I guess the plural of, of Cestus or Kestus, I guess it's Kestus, is Kesti, as in like the level one hand-to-hand weapons you get, are typically four loops uh, for the user's fingers, and they're worn made of leather straps of ox hide or other hides, which were wrapped around one's hands numerous times for protection. So some souped-up metal knuckles. Well, no, it looks like there's just leather hides in this case. I think in-game it looks more metal than it actually was. Yeah. In the model, well, yeah. I've always had a problem with the hand-to-hand weapons in-game because, like, everything is basically a punching knife without the actual knife on it. Like, they, they weren't actually, like, gloves or anything. It's this, it's this weird thing you hold on to, and it has, like, a blunt thing on the end of it. Like, I just think it was a really lazy design to, like, a yeah, lot of... Some of them are spikes stuff. at the end of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, none of it really, like, feels like hand-to-hand. Like, you're using a claw in that case, or in the case of, like, the, the Kesta-style weapons, you're using a... Blunt object. Are you on complaining that like the claws, like when you use claws, uh, I don't know, dark steel claws or something, they have the same animation as like punching, and they should be like a different animation? Uh, not even that. Like I just don't feel like there's any actual like hand to hand weapons outside of using your bare knuckles. Like none of these are, are like wraps around your hands or anything. What they should have done is they should have given us bacon and just wrap bacon around your knuckles, and it'd be a bacon kind of thing, and wrapping it in like meat. I like the the hook models. They look like fucking Captain Hook. Let's say it wraps leather and oxide around your hand, so why not just wrap bacon around Dude, your hand? Those 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 tactician magician hooks or whatever they are, yeah. I thought, always thought they were the stupidest looking thing. I had to use this on Pup forever. But it's the best thing you could use till like 72. It was, was so dumb. I was so mystified by them. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing damage when you're punching with a hook? You're supposed to be clipping with a hook, you know? Right. I had no idea back then like, how it actually worked. I don't think the game taught me how claws and hooks and things work either. They missed the mark slightly. Yeah, they need to put on instructional video. Relics, uh, I, don't know. I I like the weapon. Like a lot of people say that relics are like super medium, and like if you're looking at it from like a raw DPS standpoint, they are. Um, but I actually really like my Sfarai, and and uh, when I when I use it, I always feel a lot more safe than when I'm using God Hands. Like if I'm not in a hurry to kill anything, and I just want to do it safely i just strap those this on. i haven't having any significance for skill chain uh for skill chain not really like if you don't if you're in a situation where for some reason you aren't landing all the hits in shijin spiral um it's a much better fusion um but it's arguable that under impetus you should just be using aesthetics fury anyway if you care about fusion because it's technically better um the times i use final heaven is when i want the aftermath for it what's the for, aftermath like, the additional... on the hand-to-hand uh, it's uh, you get kick attacks and oh, okay. um, it gives you like a. But I think how much? Balls. Because Mando gets double attack and it's like five percent double. Or no, Gugnir gets 15. double attack. It's five. It gives you kick attacks plus fifteen, so fifteen percent. Mando's crit rate, which is like also five. So I mean, the, the like you you get a really nice multi attack rate with it actually because of the the kick attacks. Like you can get a hundred percent very easily uh, kick attack rate, and that's neat. But even your howling fists like the you notice a huge difference when you're saving up to the, the TP values for Howling Fist as opposed to like when you're using God Hands and you get to cheat a little bit more. Um, it, like it, it feels weaker while you're using them. That's definitely for certain. But the white damage is so cool during Impetus. Like it, it's obviously not a Verithrogna, but it's still it's still pretty neat to look at. That's the problem is there's too many weapons to compete with. Even a Karim bit is DPS yeah. competitive or superior, right? Probably. Go back to 75 cap. I don't believe we had um one of these Safari in our King Rampier's two monk burn parties. I think it was too early on for that. 
Oh, so I don't. Dude, if you can imagine, though, that'd be so crazy. Yeah. I kind of got ahead of myself here. We're talking about the spikes and everything. The last point that uh, Eric's had here for is uh, Sferi additionally had padded interior and a hardened exterior, as well as cutting blades or protruding spikes to inflict wounds more easily. Switch out those spikes for a hook. Yeah, a hook. The hooks. How about the, count- how about the counter five on it? Uh, counter five is kind of nice. How it's, much counter is it? It's like 14%, I think. That still matters. I remember right? Oh, it absolutely matters. It makes your counter builds a lot easier to uh, maintain high levels of DTN. And counter stance is already pretty irrelevant, but there's no world where you ever use counter stance with Ion. It's just not. When would you use a counter build? Would it be for like a PDT set or general hybrid set? Um, the only time I ever use counter stance is when I'm feeling like slightly suicidal. Oh, oh, counter set. Um, I use counter counter set all the time. Like when I go solo Thuban or something, you know, like some NM or or something like that. Um, I use counter build the entire time because you can hit like around 80% uh, counter rate. And as long as you have a good hit rate, like the the mob isn't going to hit you. That's funny. I just finished my Vim Torque plus one and I was on blue because... It takes reduced damage from hand-to-hand and stuff like that, piercing and hand-to-hand, so it kind of sucks. And I was on Pup to get some free CP, but it was so painful in the pug, and Pup was so shitty against it because of also the hand-to-hand penalty that I got on blue and used Orcish Counter Stance and the Dark Orb was set, and I was just kind of kind of excited that I had like a 20-ish percent counter rate. Yeah, when I fought it, um, I used God Hands originally, and like, yeah, the damage was better. But when I switched over to Safari, it was a lot more manageable a fight. And I just did uh, Final Heaven just to maintain Aftermath. And then I just rode Victory Smite all the way to town, all, all the way home until it was done. So do you think the Safari would be worth making these days? Uh, I don't regret making it. Uh, for most uh, players that aren't Fox, probably. Yeah, for, for yes. most players, they, they probably shouldn't make it. Yeah. yeah. Even Karen, you, for most people, will do the task probably better. Yeah, you have to go in with a game plan of like, Making real specifically optimized uh, counter builds is is really where it lives. It's a toy then to play with if you get bored. It's a fox kind of yeah. item. A fox toy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and it's no slash with impetus either. Like it's again, it's not a Verithragna, but it's still cool. That moves us to our next one, my baby, Mandal. Mandal. <laughs> I do remember a, a buddy of mine had this. His name was Satchmo. I think I told you about this before. Satchmo is on this podcast right now. Don't you take that away from Fox. Well, anyways, his ending game name was Satchmo, and he was a Galka. I am neither of those things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, like the day before, it's unrelated to Mandau, but the, he was working on Thief's Knife. Every thief needed the Thief's Knife, you know, for TH4. In the main hand, of course. In the main hand, yep. <laughs> and uh, he was done Temple of Ugalipi. That's where he popped an M. Or no, you didn't pop that M back then. It was a, it was a time spawn, or is it a lottery spawn it of a certain placeholder? It used to be a timed lottery, I think. Yeah, time lottery, I believe. And they changed it the next day. Like a day? So they changed it overnight, basically, with no warning at all. So Thief's Knife were millions of gil, and they dropped to like 100k overnight, basically. And it was a very, wow. very rare item to have. And everyone needed Thief's Knife. And TH4 was uh, like amazing for Thief back then, you know, for Dynamis as well as H&M's. Oh, Thief, Thief last hit. Yeah, nobody cared about the damage Thief could do. It was all about how much DH you had. And they had to kill it with a sneak attack to make sure they get all the treasure hunter on there. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But he, he got a Mandal, though, and it was pretty cool with the poison effect back then. I know it was pretty, for 75 cap, I think it was pretty potent. And I, I believe the weapon skill, Mercy Stroke, was pretty good for T8, or um, Sneak Attack, Trick Attack. Mercy Stroke used to be very good, yes. So I, I used to love Mandal in the heyday where you'd use Hecatomb gear 
And it was even really good into the Hecatomb augments back at 99. And then when Ruger Storm and stuff came out, it stopped being good. It always had the problem of being a strength-based weapon skill on a thief. And even when they redid weapon skills, they kind of screwed it because they gave it half the FTP of a 2K Ruger Storm. And it just, you kind of, and it was still a thief mo- a strength mod. So Mondale used to be super awesome and it used to be really great to have on Thief. And I used to really enjoy doing DPS and having a strength based set and everything. But it, uh, you know, sucks now. That's too bad. It is. It's not worth. We're talking about Isfara or Sferi, whatever. You're talking about the hand to hand. Is it worth making? Uh, it is infinitely worth making more than a Mondale is. But, like, but Bard and Red Mage can use Mandar, right? I don't care about those jobs. <laughs> and they don't use it either. Yeah, yeah they don't. They don't. I think the the and again the main selling point to a lot of relic stuff is is what the actual skill chain property brings to some of these weapon skills and and red mages have no no stress for gravitation that's for sure yeah it's and, darkness and grab yeah so I mean evisceration with especially even before torrid existed there wasn't too much a reason but now with with torrid I mean why <laughs> why would you ever not just use evisceration yeah on a better weapon but I remember yeah that's actually strange like I I would just assume based on the way that they had designed a lot of these these weapon skills uh it's it's really strange that mandel or, or um, mercy stroke wasn't actually a distortion weapon skill you used to put mandel in the offhand too on thief if i recall correctly back in the day uh because even if it wasn't it wasn't always the best weapon if i want to recall now because i had reasons to offhand it uh i just can't remember what because it's been so many years and at what level cap we're talking here i don't recall but uh correct me if i'm wrong funk because it's going to be a you thing that they changed offhanding relics at some point where you used to get more of a benefit from offhanding it, like you get the attack or something. I think you still do get the attack from offhanding Mendow, and it used to matter, but then they changed something that you don't get the benefit. It was a long time ago they patched it. Yeah, I believe I do remember that. I don't know off the top of my head what the changes were, so I don't want to say something incorrect. Quick, pull the history that. guide up. Yeah, it's a lot of F- uh, control effing to look for that. But for the poison, I do remember at least one occasion where we were doing Fafner and we had to sleep it, but the fucking poison from the Mandal was on there, so we couldn't sleep it. That happened in Dynamis a lot. Yeah. We have we would tell the thief to just take off their Mandal because we need to sleep yeah. things. That would happen, and it would end, it would just be a problem more than once. Like, does the poison have any significance to the the mythology of it? Let's just read the mythology. Okay, so Mandal is the traditional weapon of the Dayak people of Borneo. Isn't that only when the British controlled it was Borneo? That I, I know it's not Borneo anymore. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, uh, and was both a weapon and an ornate piece of art. Other names for these knives include Parang, Elang, Malat, Bai. I, I can't pronounce these things. Ben, Bing, it's B-A-I-E-N, Bing, whatever. Bandao, Pelipet. Fuck you, Eric, for putting all these in here. Fella pet defending <laughs> on the tribe or culture. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, so apparently it's like a, a well-known knife within those cultures, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I had never heard of this thing. They all had a name for it. It was so well-known. <laughs> I think the knife as, as an item, I mean, being an essential tool throughout the evolution of humanity, the knife would be revered in cultures, yes. So to answer your question, though, Funk, like looking this over, I don't understand why this weapon poison and stuff. Uh, I don't know either. Did we say everything? Uh, well, no, let's see. Uh, Mondo were historically used during attacks on other tribes as part of a headhunting. Well, there you go. That's why it was part. I, I remember reading that a long time ago, too, on, on 
Wikipedia or something that it was used for head hunting. So that's why there's poison. It was meant to kill people. Even if you didn't wound them fatally, you'd kill them from. No, even if you didn't wound them fatally, you'd poison them and get them. You're head hunting. You're looking. You're bounty hunting. Uh huh. To sever the heads for festivities and rituals. Well, but if you sever the heads, they're dead anyway. Well, yeah, you don't need to poison the corpse. Well, you, if they run away, you get them with the poison. You know, it, it they helps. aren't running away without it a head. Helps. Hey, ninjas use poison too. <laughs> it helps. And apparently this thing, uh, I don't know, he, he he says right here you can show us a picture. And like Maybe the picture would help. Maybe there's like some sort of like shaft or like section in here where poison could be stored or something. Who knows? It would be in the um, tips of the blade, right? But if this thing was like a piece of art, I, I, I'm just struggling to see its significance when it looks like it's a thin ceremonial. It doesn't saber. mean it can't be used. Not all ceremonial items are like paper mache, like dur- durability. So he goes on here to say the blade was sometimes slightly curved, but typically had a concave edge, and the shape is somewhat reminiscent of a shorter and thinner machete crossed with a saber. And the in-game model has like leather wrapped around the the hoist. Is that it? Well, so like a small version of what the Rikiyoko looks like. There is a little you know, leather sword. That sword you get off of Karen. Or yeah, whatever? but that thing's like a big, weird key blade. Square. Yeah, but imagine like a baby version. Like, is that what this thing's referring to? I guess something primitive like that. That's what the description sounds like. The weapon's blade was made from tempered metals of highly decorated uh, and highly decorated, while the hilt was carved from animal or human bones, sometimes a fragrant wood. Fancy. I also, when I'm sucking on Thief, I also like to stink. <laughs> <laughs> right. The JP Wiki says Safari means spheres, which is derived yeah. from the leather wrapped around the fist in multiple layers. What does it say about Manda? That, that is Manda. That you said, oh, wait, it's a safari. Oops. Yeah, I just eat. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. You gotta cut that out. <laughs> cut what out? Wrong tab. Oh, uh, okay. There's no cutting of anything. Oh, no, one take. Yeah, it was the, the head hunting. Oh, the head hunting thing was the wrong tab? Well, yes, just... basically, basically what uh, he told us is, is what JP Wiki says. A little JP oh. Wiki gets it from Clopedia, or not, yeah, not Clopedia, but Wikipedia. Sorry, I go to Wikipedia yeah. so rarely. And then they put the little tag there that it's from that. So that's also where. It comes from Enclopedia, or in general, people get it just from Wikipedia. We don't well, have I mean, if, if the info's right there, I guess. So I guess let's move on to the next one, because we got a lot of weapons. Excalibur's next. I'll get the right tab up here. Woohoo! And everyone knows Excalibur is the greatest weapon, because he has so many memorable lines, like, Fools! What do you your, use your eyes for? Decoration? Or there's something about where he goes fishing. I remember him yelling about being the world's greatest fisherman or something. It's very pretty. And there's like an intense amount of incest that happens in this story oh boy the only thing i remember clearly about soul leader is excalibur he was the greatest oh man his story is legendary fox so legendary yeah like uh the the king arthur myth seems to just constantly get mythier if that makes any sense like it it, kind of feels like it's like the first power creep story yeah i think also what was weird earlier i was trying to say about the continuity thing you have between the ages in the past and the present is that the do you go to the the pond there for the shield right why is that not excalibur coming from the lake like it's supposed to uh well you you go to like a pond slash lake thing for excalibur but you go to like you, you go to the, the the riverside for the shield okay it, it's in carpenter's landing it's it's like it's on the river yeah oh, so the excalibur's oh, thought, in dragon's area so i have neither of those that's why i was mixing up i thought you go to the, the pond and jug the lake and jugner to get the shield i guess that's where excalibur comes from then no Excal- yeah excalibur is the yeah uh, dragon's area 
Oh, Dragon. Celebrate Dragon's Area. Yeah. Dragon's Area. Okay, that's yeah. That's and there's a pond there. there. And there was a pond there. It's a very small zone. It's not like a real pond like you'd picture Excalibur coming from. It's kind of it's a dumb. spring. Yeah, so the you shield can... the shield comes from the lakeside there in Jugner. That's what I always thought. It's more of a river. Landing, isn't it? It's a big lake river, yeah. my ass. It has a it has like a boating system that connects the like upstream and downstream. I'm not talking Carpenter's Landed. I'm talking Jugner's Pond where you unlock Dancer. Jeez. What's even happening anymore? I, I thought that's where the shield comes from. Do I have to really pull up Wiki here? I have been to the location. <laughs> I know you have the item, but all the screenshots are always by the, the riverside there. Is that just me thinking it's Jugner? It's yes. you thinking it's Jugner. It looks like the same zone, basically. Okay, so that's me looking at screenshots for you and thinking, oh, that's just good at the Jugner, because there's a question mark there. My bad. You know, it's not like Excalibur, or not like Ragnarok, where you get it from the ice pond in, in the glacier. Because Prisoner's Landing was a COP zone too, right? Yes. Yes. So that makes sense why it's there. Yep. Yeah. So I and feel then... stupid. Not that that's a rare occasion. And also, like, the whole, like, sword in the stone thing. Like, a lot of people think that Excalibur is actually the sword in that stone. And, like, even in here, it's, like, saying that that's part of the the legend or whatever. But that should just be the selection sword. Um, the actual way that he gets the sword should be from the Lady of the Lake. I think that's the actual story of what had happened. That's not, what like, I any call. kind of a bridge version. Yeah. Not that I'm an expert in mythology. but No, well, I'm definitely not. That's a very but common I, legend. I do know that much. Let's see. So depending on the legend, uh, King Arthur either pulled the sword from the anvil sitting atop the stone in the churchyard, sword in the stone, or received it from a lady of the lake after breaking his previous sword in combat against uh, King Pelinore. Yeah, that that second part, I believe, is like the actual story. Yeah, In some versions of Excalibur's legend, the blade was engraved with phrases on opposite sides, take me up and cast me away. Take me up. Cast me away, a relic place. I can't take up. Oh, God, take me Trust up. Cast me. Take me up to 99. That's awful. Augment me. So. <laughs> so Save me from it's this unoptimized powers. build Fox has by my <laughs> side. Such as being able to cut steel or blind one's enemies. Yeah, that was actually one of the uh, the blinding enemies thing. Like when you when you like ride into battle with it or whatever, it was supposed to like cast sunlight off the blade and blind like the entire army or something. That's pretty ridiculous. So like in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf yeah, rides up the off. hill. Yeah, yeah. It could be where the additional effect comes move. from. Oh, the light damage. Yeah, the additional effect light damage could have something derived from that. That's yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah. it's not even light damage though. It's like slashing damage. But, oh, okay. Well, isn't it like a light? It's, it's it's awkward, but I think that is what it's supposed to be. I, I think you're it's, right. It's a little pew pew though. So pew pew, huh? Yeah. Pew. Take me up. I remember our sword. paladin had the sword at seventy five cap. It was pretty amazing for things like Fafner. Nidhogg extra damage was pretty amazing, incredible, but it did not generate enemies. That's the downside of it. Still, it was more passive dot that you basically get for free. And we weren't sure if the end light. Like basically and ruin ruin that or not? Do we know that or if it does? So it this says even matter. like directly on the wiki and from like a lot of places that the added effect and light from Excal isn't overwritten by having something like Enlight two on. Uh, the problem is that in practice, I've never noticed the additional effect proc when I have Enlight two on. Oh boy, wiki's wrong. So, Everyone, no, oh God. That's definitely not what I'm saying. I could have just not noticed because I oh God, I don't sit there and stare at the log waiting for it proc it doesn't matter enough nowadays for me to care but yeah, the um, damage doesn't matter now is it i think it's based on yeah. your hp 
your maximum HP or yeah, it's, HP? it's a quarter of your max HP. So, I mean, even if you're at 4K, like you would have to be at 4K and then you could hit for a thousand damage before resistances. Is it your current HP or your maximum HP? Uh, it is your current. So you'd have to be like full health too. Personally, my favorite use for Excalibur is to tell people about shield block builds and then have them make a video <laughs> and not mention that we had the conversation around this podcast even. So, yeah, and you wanted me to, to address like yes, question yes. about it. I want to finally put Carrot's question to bed because it came up last time again uh, in the previous podcast. Not the dating one, but before that I had brought it up again. And you're like, well, that's because, you know, their you know, brilliance is even better for, you know, their pre when it's not doing anything it's for best. their... Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until you put into perspective, uh, I'm like, so Burkang, why would you, and then you go, okay, cause they age us. I'm like, oh, okay. So Fox, to, I, I never <laughs> considered that until you said, I go, oh, wow, that's so fucking Sorry, simple. Funk, I can't believe I never, never thought about it. And I just said, wow. So Fox, could you please explain to people for once and for all, why you would use Excalibur over Burkang? So here's where shit gets situational. Um, the reason you use Excalibur over Bird Kang is if you want to cap block rates. And in order to cap block rates, you have to have a certain amount of shield block plus percentage, depending on what shield you're using, or more shield skill, again, depending on what shield you're using. So one of the things that people think is that uh, O-Chain actually has a higher block rate than Prewin does, and it's not technically true. They, they're about the same, because you can cap. I, I've capped on many things like versus 150 content. I don't really know where that really comes from, but it exists. I so you can make from the, the shield kind of existed and everyone said it has a cap block, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, people still perpetuate that it's still uncapped versus 150. And that's some stuff that I'm still like doing some math on. I believe it depends on the combat skill rating of the mob, but I can't talk too much about that because I'm not done proving that that exists yet. Um, but it, I've come very close. And my math is very compelling in the thing. So I'll, I'll get to that someday, guys. I'm very sorry. It's just a very long-winded testing process. I'm making sure that's I look forward but to, to answer the question. To seeing that in version three Paladin video. <laughs> oh, God. So to answer the question, though, um, typically you want to pair the Excalibur with O-Chain. And the reason for that is its block rate is already very high. And it's not quite as affected by skill as uh, some of the other things are. I kind of explain why that works, but I'm not going to go too far. Um, but basically, you get a higher return out of the plus 10% block rate on Xcal using an O-Chain, as opposed to like if you're using a pre-win, you actually want to use a Brilliance for plus 10 shield skill because of how reprisal interacts with the triple reprisal rate and how your your skill is like compared to the, the opponent's stat that it compares to, which it should be its combat skill. But again, I got to prove that. Um, so basically, when you when you use that reprisal bonus, so there's another factor in there that that takes your uh, your your actual shield skill further in interpreting block rate when you're when you have that that much of a bonus to it. Otherwise, you need reprisal plus O chain plus uh, the actual flat block percentage that that takes that further. And then um, in situations where I would use Burt Gang are situations mostly where I'm using Aegis because Aegis has no block rate whatsoever. And I actually use that in a, a counter build to help supplement it. And you want that extra PDT too um, in there. So uh, in, in, in terms of strict defense, that's how all these things kind of rate against each other in situations where you would want to use them. And um, there are situations where you want to use pre-win instead of O-chain. So you still want to be able to build brilliance for it, which is, again, really awkward to think about. Uh, but you would do so when you want like more magic evasion, more HP, a shield that actually does something for you outside of its block rate. 
whereas Ochain still has a strong block rate, but both need to maintain reprisal. So that argument's out the window on any worthwhile content. I always feel like everyone just goes to Ochain because they go, oh, block rate, block rate, but the shield gives you nothing. The, they aren't the even MP doing is right. useless on it, really. You don't get anything from it because you're taking little to no damage generally with shield blocks. Yeah, I, I so. talked to Martel about that before, and like canceling Phalanx is actually an interesting way of handling it. I think that's what he recommended. Take more damage to get MP back. Yeah, because it, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, if you can control how much damage you take, then yeah, you can use it to get MP back. Absolutely. Um, it's okay to take damage, guys. You probably won't bleed that much hate. Um, not everything has to hit you for zero, but it's ideal. And then uh, with Aegis, though, with no block rate or anything, um, I've supplemented a lot of my builds with like counter rate and everything. And Burt Gang really slides into that defensively really well, because if you block stuff with your shield, it's generally hitting you for zero anyway. So who cares about PDT too? So whatever. But when Aegis, when Aegis comes into play, like you really need that extra PDT too, because you're not getting that damage mitigation from your shield block. So it's really, really helpful to couple that with counter. So that's just the theory in my build for a Max Miva build. Um, but offensively, though, or, or offensive enemy generation, um, Burt King's still going to win because of atonement spam. Like it's still really good. So you have to find out what you need and use the sword and shield combo based on your needs. Because at the end of the day, guys, is not all of your content is level 150. Like, despite what arguments may occur on whether or not your block rates are capped or any of that garbage, most of the time you don't need skill that high. So um, you can use stuff like Srivatsa and uh, and um, any of these swords, depending on like what the level of the content you're fighting is. Like You just have to do this research in advance, and you can get the most optimal build out of it. So without going much deeper than that, because this is already a huge tangent, um, like Excal has a use, and it's very, very good at R15. Um, even its aftermath is good, but it doesn't mean that you should use it over anything else. It's just all situational as always. I also like the idea before in the pre-show where, uh, was it Martel was talking about it or someone else about uh, using, uh, it's probably Martel, about Knights of the Round and a Vimtorque plus one augmented, because that's awesome. I think Rua actually brought that up in his Oh, video. yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that, one, that one from Rua, I don't know where it comes I from. I didn't want to take credit away from him. We'll have to wait for version three for the <laughs> counter build with Aegis as well. I'm I'm sure, but uh, basically, there there are there are ways to use things outside of how we think we want to use them, and the uh, the aftermath for the regen can actually be paired with the Vim Torque, like like he was saying, and it it actually lets you just like push a lot of the things you want to use Excal for further. Like where I said you could use offensive enemy generation from atonement spam, he also touches on being able to use the Excalibur offensively because it has a lot of nice complementary offensive stats and a lot of synergies offensively with uh, Vim Torque. Which is actually a very good point in that video. Because it gives you a lot of MP too, which is nice. It's what, two to three? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you're under-supported on tank jobs. We've all been there. Oh, I'm always there. And yeah, see, see, I understand basic concepts because I don't play Paladin. It's 37. I, I've never, ever played it. I understand basic concepts like you don't need to ha reduce your enmity retention or have PDT2 if you're not taking damage because you're shield or taking very little damage because you're shield blocking properly and you're not losing enmity because of it so therefore the sword becomes useless give me something better in the main hand and i think everyone just looks at those stats and goes use it for everything well useless is is, is harsh like well, it's atonement spam is still better well yes i know that i know the atonement spam matters but then you're really weighing atonement spam against everything else that you can bring to it i mean magic evasion alone with sakpata and higher stuff means paladin can really laugh at a lot of stuff now and that means use pre-one and that means and, and, and that's that's it exactly though like that's what she would need to ask herself it's well i'm approaching this content i know it has like x thing that i have to deal with is the atonement spam really going to outweigh the fact that i could just take zero damage from it and be as survival as i need to be 
Like, is my support lower, so forth and so on? Like, there, there's a lot of things that you can ask yourself about this question, and that's what you have to address when deciding what, what Rima combination you need. Like, I've done almost all content in this game without using a single, single Rima, even though I have them. It's just not the most efficient build. And, I mean, I may not play the job, but I feel like I'm on an ideological equivalence there when I go, you know, and think about it, because, really, if you're not losing hate, do you need the atonement spam? I mean, do you need it? Yeah, you you should ask yourself that, absolutely. Because, I mean, Did everyone, mention, everyone knows uh, the use, but if you're not losing hate, you don't need was it. Was that fun? Did you mention the aftermath at all? Yeah, the uh, the 30 attack regen and uh, 3 attack uh, refresh. And that actually ties into what they're talking about with the sword scabbard. Um, uh, how it prevents wounds and bleeding and stuff uh, in the lore. Like That was another point that he put on here. And it ties into the, the actual aftermath effect that you get. Where you get this really strong cool. regen. Yeah, it is really cool. One thing sure. that's always bothered me about the Excalibur is that fucking little icon's horrible. It's like a little blurry ass sword. Yes, but it's so pretty. It's pretty in the game, but the icon's horrible. But we gotta keep moving because we're not making enough progress <laughs> in these weapons. I mean, it's so right. You're not cutting me off this time. I, I know we're not, but I, I thought it was really <laughs> important to have Fox Funk's explain, gonna hold it against us. Fox explained <laughs> the tangents of the shield or sword and everything there because it... Yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of nuances that, that people won't get from seeing a simple guide on it and you know there's, there's just a decision process that needs to be made when you decide what Rima combination I think the biggest missing piece is knowing how much block rate you need if you knew that then you can make yes. a build easily and you wouldn't need a guide to tell you that I mean and a lot the, of people still the would formula, the, so the block rate formula I have now actually works it's just not as precise as I'd like it to be and when I talk about precise I'm talking about numbers that go down to like the fifth digit in a decimal uh, like, like they're they're not fitting that well, and I mean, I could probably release this formula to the wild, and everyone would be able to use it in the calculator. But I'm just not confident enough with that formula as is. I'm sure I can clean it up. So when when I say that I've done this mathematically, um, I've had people actually test based on things that I couldn't even do, and it it actually does work. So um, shortly we should be able to have people calculate this stuff, and knowing the the level of the content and the combat skill rating of the content and all that stuff should be able to show people exactly what sword shield you should use. Absolutely. Could you teach Simon Says how to math next, please? I'm sure he can also math. I'm not sure because it doesn't seem like it. It seems like using math <laughs> honestly, as the facade to cover up trying to suit your own ideas. Honestly, the, the math I'm doing isn't even all that hard. Like, it's just basic algebra. That's like, I'm even gone into difficult. Like, like, I have a feeling this this problem is actually differential equation, and I really really don't want to do it but i have a feeling to clean up the math i'm gonna to have to so moving so, on to the next one yeah ragnarok typically oh, my spelled, sorrow <laughs> <laughs> typically spelled you know blah, 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 blah. twilight of the gods this actually wasn't a weapon but rather a name for a series of events that encompasses the end of days in the worlds of norse mythology during Ragnarok, a great many die in battle, including gods such as Odin, Thor, Heimdallr, Loki, and legendary beasts such as Fenrir and Jungamunger. Jormungandr. Sorry, not Norse. Uh, Ragnarok consists of four main catastrophes during which many battles are waged. The Fimbulwinter, which I imagine has something to do with a cold winter, or something terrible in a winter, because winter is death, especially in Norse mythology. Uh, the fire giant uh, Surtur, which covers the world in uh, fire, the Veltenbrand. So, I don't know what Brand is in this case, but Velten's obviously world. <laughs> so, the world something. <coughs> you know, I, I feel like we're missing missing explanations of these words here. And the young monk, Jormungandr, 
Can we get Sven on here it, to it, pronounce it's these It's fun things? just to watch you or just to listen to you stumble through these, honestly. I mean, your among them is easy, but when there's an R at the end, it's a Gander. It's, it's, I'm not sure what the dir is there, but... Sure. So if we just say Jormungand, that's a lot easier to say Jormungand. Um, also known as the Midgar Serpent. Didn't they shut down Midgar? Well. The server is not gone? I think so, yeah. Well, I guess Ragnarok's already come. There you go. There you uh, go. The World Serpent submerges the world underwater, and then Fenrir, or uh, Fanargand, Fanargand, fuck me, every time of these pronunciations, someone better comment on how I need to get hooked on phonics. Swallows swallows the sun and the world falls into utter darkness. In the end, it doesn't doesn't really matter. The earth resurfaces from the sea, once again, rich and fertile, and the world is repopulated by the surviving gods, animals, and the last two humans. So let me help you with this, because that that was a lot to take in. (laughs) Um, In game, this sword will do none of these things. It sucks. (laughs) It's pretty bad, yeah. It reminds me of that last uh, Treasure of Oregon mission. Ragnarok. That was probably one of my favorites. It was a good mission. It was very good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, anyone remember that screenshot I posted of the Ragnarok Dark Knight and the ambuscade they kicked for sucking? Oh, man. (laughs) Just spam Scourge. One set wonder, no change, no nothing, no augments, spam Scourge. And it seems like this is always the case. And And I mean, you can be really harsh about this particular weapon, but it's actively not as good as something you can get off the auction house at a fraction of the cost and effort. And the weapon skill, um, it has a good property, but that's it. So I think it's fusion. Yeah, it has a great property, actually. The problem is, is that to close a good light, you would need to use a resolution with a Ragnarok on, <laughs> unless you want to change weapons. It's pretty disappointing. Like it has, it has good ac, I believe. I think accuracy is its deal, like most of the great weapons are. Yeah, it's accuracy fifty, I believe. Before they introduced better weapons, I know for Mighty Strikes Warrior, it was very good. I mean, actually, it actually wasn't. Actually, it wasn't, if I'm remembering correctly. People used it, but it was, now that I'm remembering, because I'm not a warrior, but I remember it, it was actually a bad weapon to use during Mighty Strikes. And usually, 60, because of the crit, was already applied. Usually, I don't come down on weapons very hard, like when, when they're like, quote unquote, bad. It's just with, with there being an easier to obtain, less expensive option that is just strictly better than this, I have to actually make sure people know how bad this is. Like, it's a poor choice. Saramea drops a better sword. Yeah. It was really good at 75 cap. Accuracy was amazing then. Yes. True. Oh, absolutely. And that's actually going to be like the selling point for a lot of the great weapons on these lists is the 75 cap there were great. Mondo was great. Even the poison was nice. So what's the enhances critical hit rate? In the, like it, five. It, it gives like 5%. you it gives you like or 15. What? It's like it's like a little bit of crit rate. It's like but then the aftermath gives you more. Yeah. I think like altogether you get around like 15 or 20 or something. Like it's a pretty decent chunk to crit rate, that's for sure. Yeah, but now that there's so much buffing and everything, the crit rate doesn't matter as much as it used to. Actually, it's 24% with the aftermath and the base. Yeah, huge crit rate. And if you need and critical hits... Accuracy. Yeah, if you, if you need accurate, abundant critical hits with this thing, then by all means, like go Ragnarok nuts. It's just... This, this weapon is designed to do damage, and it just does not do damage. I mean, if you problem. augment it, it gets critical hit damage 5%. That's like the worst token gesture I've seen, but it's something. Yeah. It's a new stat, though, isn't it? Critical hit damage. That wasn't around back no. in 75. Oh, yeah. Back in 75, that is definitely the case. I think there was um, some weapons that ended up coming out shortly after. I think during the climb between like 80, 85, 90, etc., where they, they started putting out weapons that had um, enhances critical hits or something. That was actually 
like critical hit damage plus. I, I could be misremembering this, but I thought I that think that's you're around correct the time because they I think that wording was what they used for all the critical hit rate gear before they changed the critical yeah. hit rate plus percent. I think so, I but I could be very sure right. Is the weapon skill still shit as well? Oh yeah, it was it bad damage. Yeah, it's bad. That's it's a single hit then. You only use it to open fusion, and even back then, like you use you spammed it to make light. Like that's. It's because Greatsword has horrible weapon skill properties or skill chain yes. properties, and it's, fusion is definitely one that lacks, and that's like the only thing you can get, and it's, just it's bad. So if we look at the 75 era, um, Ragnarok was also probably good for Scourge because Scourge, I believe, is still better than Ground Strike. Yeah, and yes. if you if you look at what you have access to, it was like Sneak Attack Spinning Slash was pretty common. Yeah, um, Sneak Attack Ground Strike. Uh, so like when you start factoring in Scourge into the mix where you had better skill chain properties or that it could like skill chain with itself, even if that ever came up, which rarely did. Um, then you were looking at like what its real power was back but then. The it problem is they redid skill chain wise. They redid the relic, like, like all weapon skills they had an update on many years ago in the Adelan era. And they kept this the way it was basically 40% strength and vit. And the FTP is three on a single hit. I mean, you just, all they had to do was increase the FTP and it wouldn't have been as bad. You'll see that this is a running theme with most of these weapon skills, though. Yes, actually. And and another thing, too. The Making aftermath. Why is the aftermath 20 seconds? God. <laughs> At least with the other weapons, when you get the aftermath, it's one, two, three minutes. I mean, come on. Yeah. What is 20 seconds? I mean, you're going to spam it. Because, I mean, with Mandal, you could make the argument, hey, I'm going to get critical hit rate and stuff if I use this weapon skill that's not that bad. I mean, it's not going to be optimal still, but at least you could have a thing where you're using it to get a benefit to your other weapon skills. 20 seconds means you got to spam this thing. And I know it scales. So all right, it's like three minutes. You're getting like 30 seconds with some extra TP or maybe 40 if you're going to 2K TP. But I mean, it's just kind of really, really lame. Yeah, it's something that used to be really good and has just not been treated well by time. That's for sure. And they had a chance to fix it. I mean, maybe they're going to fix relics in the future. That's the one thing they need to fix at all the ultimate weapons is relics. Yeah, and they said they said that, right? I don't follow their feed. People just say things, so I can't take it for more than what I hear. I believe when I see it. I don't yeah, I don't like to believe what people say and I don't like it until it actually happens. Punk, have you ever had a positive experience with the Ragnarok? I remember on Sylph, the person who had it was the paladin for because paladins could use it, oh, right? No. <laughs> the person who yes. had it was the Japanese paladin who was always at Nidhogg Fafner. His name was Alice Virgin. Ours was Sephiroth, I think was his name. He was an elven. With like oh, she didn't use it. She used Aegis and Excalibur when it, when it popped, but she, she always sported it around. But oh. I don't remember any kind of merit parties or anything significant with it. Oh, the weapon skill is cool. That, that really cool like the look of it. It does look cool, yeah. I think it's a cool looking sword. Lock style. Well, the problem is, though, is that if you lock style it, you're still a lock styling like an embarrassing Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> so as cool as it looks, like you still... <laughs> and yeah. you know what's funny is back more back in the day here everyone will go should i make apoc or should i make ragnarok and everyone's like ragnarok so much better than apoc it does so much more damage and now everyone just laughs at oh, ragnarok and yeah i mean no one i remember people at, saying that at APOC, it, it was true back then it would do so much I, even i was saying it back then because apoc was so much weaker than rag the two-handed update it was amazing just i just didn't stood in the back burner even though it's two-handed it just didn't really do much so they, they, I think they want to make Scythe like a skill chaining slash utility weapon and not make it a raw damage weapon like Greatsword, but they have trouble balancing that. Occasionally we had a dude with an APOC who would um who would do stuff with us and with our group. And um so he was kind of like our fourth person who wasn't really a member of what we were doing. And the APOC was 
actually really impressive the whole time. Um, like comparing the two, and I, I don't want to jump ahead to APOC or anything, but like APOC, like seeing it happen, like I'd always heard about Ragnarok. I never actually got to experience Ragnarok much in the 75 era, but actually seeing what Catastrophe was doing and, and like what the, what the Scythe was doing, it, it, the Scythe seemed very worthwhile. Like it, it was just really good. You know, you never got to experience Ragnarok because you weren't one of the last two people on Earth. Fair. It's definitely, definitely fair. So moving on to Gutler. <laughs> this is short. <laughs> Word describing a greedy or gluttonous eater relates directly to the weapon's hungering personality for more blood. Yeah, just all the weapons basically talk a little bit, but Gutler's the one that that talks a little, but it isn't shy of basically hiding it. Basically, so always wants to eat blood and it's like a vampire. Basically, Gutler's from Jersey. I, I love Gutler. Uh, just because just because of what it like what it does during like campaign battles like when you talk to the npc and stuff it, it's the only one that doesn't seem to give a shit and it's just primal it knows what it wants and it, it just kills things it's i always love when lou was in makara whatever the fuck her name is when she'd be in campaign or whatever just like stomping her feet yelling at gutler to shut up <laughs> yeah it's so good Gutler, I want to build it and make a beast and use gutler even though it's not the best weapon because i don't want to make a mythic for it but then I, I would I would get to the point where I'm like having fun on Beast and want to take it even further, and I'm like, can I stop myself so I don't even bother investing so in Beast? Gutler has gained a lot of power now that we don't have to swap the uh, the Charmers Merlin in. Like now that now that we can we can keep our our main and offhand weapons as applicable. Uh, as a lot, now that we can keep those on, we can maintain aftermath, and the aftermath is actually really similar to what the aimer provides attack wise uh, for the for the pets it just doesn't provide the tp bonus so it's like an aimer light and in some cases gutler actually provides more attack to the pet if the attack is if the attack stat is actually really high because uh aimer has a i said i said gutler right um aimer has a static amount of attack it adds whereas uh gutler is is a percentage based yeah so it actually is important sometimes and it actually provides more sometimes but um not always and if you have like a pet that's not benefiting from like an FTP replicating uh, ready move, um, that you know something you can abuse with aftermath. Um, Gutler aftermath is actually better for um, situations where you're using unleash, which to most people who don't know what that is, it's uh, it's astral conduit for Beastmaster. And it seems too like Gutler has some future proofing too, because as the pets get more attack, it's still a percentage base, whereas Aimer is static. So to me. It's actually good. Yeah, to me, outside of uh, Aegis, Aegis, whatever, and uh, Yalahorn, that seems like the best weapon relic-wise you can get. It seems like it actually still has use and value and, and, and its own niche ability. And it also has a good weapon skill, actually, which it's is very fair. rare. Onslaught's pretty good. Uh, yeah, good it, it, has, it has a good property. Um, Beastmaster nowadays can make Darkness Darkness off of Cloud Splitters. But the problem is that that's magical. Um, one of the cool things about Beastmaster, especially when you're when you're using axes, is that you have access to like basically the entire rainbow of skill chain properties. Like you you have everything, um, but some of them are locked behind um, only being magic weapon skills. So like Beastmaster would use Primal Ren for gravitation, which is a great weapon skill unless it's magic resistant. In this case, you can actually use Onslaught for a physical version that hits decently well. It's not it's not ever going to be like a Dolly Decimation or, or you know, um, well, yeah. the, the higher end. Mr. They're Rax all single anything. hits, with but it still hits. Pick. Yeah, it, it still does the job. 
Bob is is the thing. Like it, like all the relic weapon skills are fairly weak, but Guttler is on the better end of that spectrum in terms of what it provides. He has accuracy down as well. I don't know if that's significant. It's, yeah, it's thirty though. It's not a lot. I think though that Guttler's modifier and and mercy strokes are so onslaughts and mercy strokes weapon. The modifier should have been switched because strength would make a little more sense for this versus you know Mondo and, oh, and Dex. It, yeah, it's it's eighty percent Dex for onslaught. Yeah, I always really wished. Uh, awkward. I always wish that 75 cap that warrior could use this. It was a little salty. Yeah. It was only Beastmaster. Yeah. Well, uh, come on, Guttler and Riddle. That would oh, amazing. we're going to get to the Great Axe eventually. <laughs> right? It's almost like it's looming. But I think... We, but yeah, yeah a warrior would have done a great job with this. Huh? Actually, it is looming. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that Guttler is what the only pretty good weapon you know that you can use out of these lists, at least so far. I don't think there's anything, though, off the top of my head that's going to be as useful as Gutler. It also has a really clean, nice-looking uh, model in-game. Like, it's a it really nice-looking axe. Yeah, I like the silver on the edges. <laughs> the yeah. silver on the edge. What, do you have it memorized? No, I'm looking at the little image. Oh, I wasn't looking at the image. <laughs> he rolls over to his body pillow, and he just, like, yeah, caresses yeah. <laughs> his Gutler. No, the icon actually looks that represents the actual in-game image. You know, like some other things like Excalibur is like a little blurry blurb there. For Melo's best waifu, but for Funk, Guttler's best waifu. He just, you know, keeps it close. <laughs> it talks to me at night. More yeah, blood, Essie has thirsty. indirectly made this. <laughs> Essie has indirectly made this weapon so much better than it than it used to be, just by leaps and bounds. Every time they try and change beast a little bit, didn't it? So used to have choke I just too? continue keeping an eye on it. It still does, right? Uh, it still does, and it's not good. So, I mean, you can sort of run the same problems that Mercy Stroke has and that, you know, the added poison or whatever, or uh, that Mandau has. Um, you do have an added choke effect, and the choke effect isn't even very strong, so that could arguably be removed. How it doesn't. Is it? It's like negative 12 to the stat. It's still better than nothing, because you're not going to have it on normally 99% 17. of the time. So it's still... In most situations, the, the stats are so high in the game now that a negative 12 on its own probably isn't going to add enough to... to he's at 17, minutes. but still, I mean, having... Or yeah, 17. 17 less bit on the mob still is better than nothing. It's better better than poison, put it that way. <laughs> That's fair. He, I mean, it is better than poison, but I wouldn't get too excited about it is all. I'd still better than... I, I would rather have it because I can't think of an important situation where it's going to be arm or i got to sleep something. It, I remember a player might happen, that... but it doesn't happen. I remember a player who had it at 75 cap, and he was, of course, Beastmasters weren't used, so I had no idea how it was. I'm just, I imagine it was good for him. It's just kind of nice because how easy relics are to make, it's nice to be able to make something that's actually a value for the job. Then again, I mean, if, if you're just going for raw DPS, Delta Kennis would, I'm sure, beat it without playing or knowing anything. And Fox, you'll obviously fact check me on that. Sorry, something happened outside my window, and I had to investigate. Uh, what was that? I was, what, was Funk taking his pants off again? <laughs> no dude and i was really let down i was saying uh, it's nice to have a weapon that's so easy to make uh, but i'm sure it's still good to have as well but it's probably not as good as having a dolichennis for raw damage right oh definitely not yeah. it's not even close there yeah. there is no axe that's even close to that okay so then we go when do you use that just when you're trying to make your pet do something yeah when you're doing pet stuff um it's decent to have just just damage wise you'll be fine um but what Beastmasters really need to consider is that in situations where you also have the ability to buff your pet in some way, um, the combined parse between you and your pet is really what pushes you over the top. So um, Aimer, Aimer really has a lot of strengths in this regard, um, depending on what pet you're using. And Guttler just uses a different line of pets um, that uh, that don't care about the multi-hit stuff. Like it, you won't use this for like your flaming crushes, like to give like a um, an example for like uh, summoners and stuff. Like you won't you won't use the aftermath to make your volt strikes better, you know. 
um, in uh, in a Beastmaster's case, like you'd be using something like um, Vivacious Vicky um, gets bonuses from being able to multi-attack, and it, it starts getting really crazy. Uh, Gutler is actually better for something like Blackbeard Randy, where the attack's already really high, and you can get those really nice crits that are like that are potentially penis capped, and that's when Randy can just spam through that, and well, you you're also the spamming as well, and and that's how you're you're gonna erase your deeps. The deeps getting pretty deep. The deeps. There. So deeps are deep. On to what was the name of that the mod that had this in their avatar on the BG forums? Funk. I'm not sure. Uh, was it, was it Isildar? I don't know if it's Isildar. Anyway, on to Bravura. It was looming. Yeah, we had a warrior with Bravura. She or he was great. Just tore through everything. And they like the the Blackhawks or whatever. Anyway, the why don't you read this one, Fox? Because I'm my voice is nothing to ears. Bravura. The term stems from classical music and is both a style of music and performance intended to showcase a performer's skills to their utmost. Wiki definition: colon, The display or great daring or great technical skill and brilliance shown in a performance or activity. Well, that's not accurate to the weapon. Well, it's accurate in the play style, though, because if you, if you think about it, well, yeah, a warrior just beats stuff to death with, with some sort of object, right? And in this case, Bravura has some uses defensively that a warrior typically isn't known for doing, and it, it, it doesn't have as much value as it, as it used to, like nowadays, because we have all these DT options, but what it provided before was, was actually a lot of safety that a warrior just didn't have in a lot of their sets. Yeah. I kind of like, I, I wish that, you know, because Warrior gets some good abilities to be hardy. It's not a tank, obviously, but it would be nice to see if the weapon actually could have done more nowadays than they need to completely redo a lot of these weapons, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there was like one ambuscade where, where Warrior was like supposed to fell cleave or something. Maybe it was the frogs. I think it was and... the one with the Manta and the, or at least that's what I was using it for. Perhaps. No, the but like you, you wanted that, that DT one. though, but you didn't want to give up the ability to do damage you know you didn't want to be full turtled so i think uh, bravora was actually useful to have in that case if i remember right if the regen was really insane instead of plus 15 it could do something too but but the weapon skill has the defense down on it how much compared to yeah but how much is it though i like i don't remember i don't remember much talk about minus 20 percent damage taken that's not bad i mean it's no armor break and you know additional effect is it uh, eighteen point seven five percent defense down. Wait, wait, wait. The yeah, the additional effect is stronger than the added effect. The the or okay, the, the aftermath is minus twenty percent damage. Yeah, taken. the aftermath is damage taken oh. to the warrior. It's it's eighteen point seven five. Yeah, so armor break is is better. Okay, okay. That that's what I wanted to clarify. Two minutes unresisted is not bad. Isn't that good for uh, it's good for dynamics. I remember that. Good for all the, all the bosses. It's better than having nothing, and in situations where you have to be like turtled up and you need all the damage that you can, like Bravura used to be a, a good option for that, I suppose. Yeah, you know, but, being able to debuff and turtle at the same time. But armor break is two minutes at start, and it goes up to what? It's, it goes to three times that, so it goes up to six minutes uh, with cap TP. What are the skill chain properties on on uh, Metatron Torment? Do we know? It is light fusion. Oh, that's actually less relevant now that we have a Chango. Yeah. So one of the cool things about Armor Break that's useful nowadays. Um, so Dark Knight, though, the way we kill uh, the Sakpata mob, I forget. I forget what the T-Rex's name is. Uh, uh, um, the, the way. 
Well, the, the way we've killed it is a is I went in on Dark Knight using like Hergos, and I did Armor Break to Upheaval to, um, no Armor Break to to Felcleave to Upheaval to Steel Cyclone to make Darkness. And I just did that over and over and over again, and um, being able to just like reapply Armor Break uh, constantly, um, or sometimes just supplementing it with Upheaval, uh, is is really nice. So like those skills, having those skill chain properties on those particular weapon skills is is really handy to have. And as a warrior, you know, you're not at a deficit for using something like armor break because you can always skill chain it, skill chain through it if needed. Um, the the having fire light attached to this doesn't really doesn't really have that same exciting vibe. And it's also once again same FTP as Gutler, even even lower, two point seven five. Jeez, it just keeps getting lower. Yeah, yeah, because before it was like three for for. Uh... Excalibur, something weird, and it was like five for Mercy Stroke. So it's just keep getting lower. It's a downward slide in the mediocrity. Is it worth making this these days? Probably not. Huh? No, not with no. Chango. No, you know, not with anything. Not with even. I would say before these these all these DT options came out, like maybe two years ago, it was probably worth making. Oh, I can but, see that. Yeah, but nowadays it's just too redundant. I mean, I mean, if we look at like very very recent, which of course matters the most, we have access to all this Akbata gear. You don't you don't need this great axe. And it, it goes back to to the problem with one thousand TP. It's twenty seconds of DT twenty. So you need if you're in a situation where you need a lot of DT, you might not have the DT twenty from the weapon because you're not weapon scaling every twenty seconds potentially, depending on the situation. So back compared to the seventy five weapon, the Evasion down was the same as the minus 40. They didn't change that. Still minus 40 today. That's kind of nice, but not oh, relevant wow. enough, especially with 60 accuracy. In the it should be more, though. They should have increased it over the item level. Choke should be that, more than that's, 17. That's yeah. huge at the 75 era, though, because that, that negative 40 evasion helped everyone on your team, not just the Bravura user. That, that was it, the, and the defense down. That'd be potentially, yeah. you know, alliance making or breaking that much evasion down at 75. Yeah, just didn't age well. I don't think people yeah. remember how much people missed their hits at 75 yeah frequently oh man nobody was as cool as they remember themselves being that's for sure as often as spicy kenny misses his hits on corsair against thubin oh i don't know i uh, remember you posted something i about posted that. like i kept thinking i was missing because spicy kenny was in my fucking party because i yelled for people and he joined and he kept missing on corsair because he needed 1350 accuracy for thubin and he did not have it exciting so on to gungnir yeah isn't it apocalypse Ah uh, ha ha! No, I have. Ooh, is Apoc missing from this list? <gasps> yeah, he didn't put Apoc in here. Is <gasps> he done? It's it's the end of the world as we know it. Well, Apoc doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, I'm filling in for him in spirit. There you go. What an apocalypse! I don't know. Funk, is there any mythology surrounding Apoc that you know of? Well, I know Just it's a uh, biblical reference. The Apocalypse of John and such. The but author it, who calls himself John, a different person from the Apostle John, talks about the end of the world as he saw it in the forms of a letter to seven churches in Asia Minor. Why it's is the only it? book in the New Testament that has a prof- prophetic character in his so-called book that has been repeatedly debated in the Christian world to this day and its interpretation and treatment as a Bible. The word has become famous in the meaning in, at the end of war, Armageddon, originally a word that represents the name of the hill of Megiddo. And is a source of numbers representing the devil six six six. 
Yeah, that's a lot less. I was going to say, why is it that the Christian Ragnarok is so much more boring than the Norse Ragnarok? Because End of the World for them has, you know, like the world gets swallowed up and submerged and fire and everything. And they're like, yeah, well, there's the devil and everything. I mean, that's the end. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't that other one have like horsemen? I've always been a fan of horsemen. Yeah, but that's four horsemen. The world's a pretty big place. This is like, theirs is like world consuming. A serpent swallows the world. <laughs> they got horsemen riding around everywhere. It's like, okay, okay. See you tomorrow when you reach the next state line. So it says also that the word apocalypse is a translation of the Greek word. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Which originally <laughs> oh, no, 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 come on. It's your turn. Uncovered. It's your turn, Funk. You got to pronounce it. Okay. Um, this isn't even English, so I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so neither word mine. I put in general. You try reading that. Oh, wait, wait you're going to try and pass the buck on this one? Come on. Good luck. I'll check Google Translate <laughs> see what it says. All, no, all it's, not, it's not Roman characters. It's, it's, it's Greek uh, it's letters. Greek characters. Yeah, it'd be like trying to read something in Russian that I can't, you know, it's a different alphabet. It's, it's alphabetically different. Oh, it's, it's clearly A pi oka upside down Y U sword epsilon C. Clearly, <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't see that. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that you were just reading a different alphabet. Okay, pretty great. You pronounced that well, Funk. Yeah, I tried. Now we're even. Okay, <laughs> so anyways, a- Apoc is useful nowadays, obviously, because you can not die on Dark Knight. Or you because still they will, changed but... the aftermath to the jawability haste instead of oh, magic yeah, that, haste. That's, that used to be a problem for many years, even to ninety nine. It's, it's, it's such a significant change there. Yeah. At 75, to... it was amazing, too. Dark Knight just wouldn't die. 75 was cool, too, because yeah. you didn't have all the haste gear, so it made sense to be gear haste. Yeah, it was useful. Yeah, yeah APOC has always been consistently good. Maybe not say, always the best, but just consistently good. I would say at 75, because of the haste uh, and not having options for other jobs, APOC was a better DD weapon than Ragnarok. Well, before they instituted like certain parts of the cap and stuff, um, APOC darks, actually used to be able to do some really broken things with the attack speed yes i remember that and then they instituted the cap yeah it wasn't the uh karen. it wasn't the kraken darks at first it was uh the apoc darks yeah, it was karen i believe is what everyone was using it for if i recall it's pretty gross they got really pissed at that too because not only when they're using kraken club dark knights to kill uh absolute virtue for the first time essie got so butt hurt it was like they were you know, they didn't have a, they didn't go to the comments section of the video and, and rage but they sure raged in their headquarters because not only did they get upset and nerf that, but then they, uh, for all of the, like, ACP and everything, they made spirit damage do nothing. For all of Abyssia, they made spirit damage do nothing. From Oh, they nerfed specifically Soul Eater, yeah. Yeah, Soul Eater, it, it affected Chi Blast and stuff like that, too. But that wasn't, like, but Soul Eater was worthless because they made, like, everything resist it. Even in Abyssia, ACP, you couldn't use it against the Crystal at the end. So everyone was shooting because they nerfed Soul Eater's potential to, like, nothing. They were it's interesting. years. It's interesting how some of these additional effects overwrite themselves, but some don't. Like this one, the blindness overwrites itself. It's 10% proc or so, but choke does not. I really like how relic weapons yeah. have those stupid extra things, but they're, they were great at 75, but they're still super weak now. Like, you know, as far as we are in this list, one thing about relics is that they, they seem like they were really designed to be wrapped around the job. Whereas a lot of other um, Rima style weapons just seem to be just about damage nowadays. Like mythics kind of get onto their own little thing when you talk about like the mage related ones and stuff. But for the most part, people just like look at most of these Rima's and go, hey, does this one do more damage than the other? 
Whereas like relics seem like they were just custom made for the job in some way. Custom made. Uh, they're just for the more job. interesting. They're and just not they follow lore. Yeah. The thought. Yeah, like these all provide like interesting, unique things that may fall short of what we consider useful. But if they were like vamped up in any kind of way or like revamped, um, they might actually just be really awesome. They just need a little bit of a boost, you know. I'm sure they can do it. Now, hopefully, they do. For sure. Well, let's keep moving on to Gugnir. So I'm not here all night. Hey, I would love to be here. We all talked night. about this. <laughs> I, Carrot last night, she goes, "Are you going to imply funk work rules on me and cut me off after an hour?" <laughs> so Gugnir, Essie again borrows from the Norse mythology, like so many other works of fiction. Ooh, that sounds a little salty there. Gugnir is the spear of the god Odin, Wudan, whatever is in the thing, the Allfather who leads Aesir and the rules over Asgard. Originally forged by dwarves, the trickster god Loki talks them into handing it over by using flattery. And let me tell you, flattery will get you everywhere. Ask Loki. Loki then presents the spear to Odin, which I know I'm pronouncing incorrectly because it's like a DT. It's like Odin. I, I know I'm pronouncing it incorrectly because I've had someone from Iceland complain that I don't say it right. Uh, um, Odin gets my seal of approval. Yes, yes, it's, you know. Good enough. Actually, no, it was Tor as well. It's like a TH, so you pronounce Tor. And it's like, anyway, so Thor. Uh, I'm still not doing Tor right. Uh, along, uh, Loki presents the spear to Odin along with the golden hair uh, for Sif and a ship for Freyr, which I don't know how that's tying into this because there's more story. I don't think we needed that. But Hungnir was said to never miss its target. <laughs> or alternatively, it was <laughs> described as so well balanced it could be used to hit a target regardless of strength or skill. Oh boy. Yeah. Where's the defense down coming then? I guess because it's so well balanced, it can't miss. But that's, I don't know. It's got a lot of accuracy, which used to matter. So the actual, the weapon skill, Gearskogel, is significant, as in it says they are Valkyries who alternatively appear or as separate or individual figures. So it basically reminds me of Odin in the Odin fight with ads. Yep, that's that's one of those. And what's Odin's spirit he drops? What's it called? Oh. Not the Valkyrie for it. It's, um... I have it. The modern one, or because it used to be the starts with like yeah. an H. Oh, the Hirsch's fork or whatever. The H J A R R fork was the one they. Yeah, that one. What the mo- name had significant as well. The the battlefield one though, the gears, blah, 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 the gear or something. The one with the H. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just would never be able to pronounce it properly. I, th- I so think I to if me. you're talking about the modern one they made, it's uh, what the Gyrother, Gyrother, two R's can't do it. Yeah. I can't even say R's. I'm semi-rotic in my speech patterns already. I, I drop R's on a lot of words. I can't do three R's in one word here. The Giroder is a Jotun in North mythology. He is the father of Gentesis, Jalop, and Grip, who are killed by Thunder God Thor. You know, it almost feels like we're a study group learning all this together before the big <laughs> test. <laughs> is this like at the library just hashing it out. Yeah, man. I'm going to burn the midnight oil. So, Let's yeah. Go back to Gungnir. Uh, I have a write up on Gungnir and the Dragoon God. I don't even want to rehash it. It not- was amazing, though, right? It was. It, the defense down used to be a problem. They fixed it many, many years later. Like, we're talking closer to our times than back even at 99 cap, where it was still a problem at 99 cap, where it's a weaker defense down than Ungon, but it doesn't 
like it overrides Angan. It doesn't let you put it over it as well, so it like occupies the defense down slot in like an equal capacity. I think it even overwrote Angan, but it was but, it was a weaker effect. So the defense down was a thing before other defense downs came out, like Angon was after that. So yeah, it was unique but, in that regard. But even even back in the seventy five era, Angon existed when this weapon existed. So it's not like it it's was true. such a wide gap of existing. Yeah. I think we're always going to find the, the the argument that you know these weapons were great when they first came out because they were they were freaking relic weapons, you know. Um, they were clearly better than a lot of the other alternatives. Like I, I don't see a situation where like Gunnar is going to be any worse than you know most of the seventy five options for sure. Like it obviously just comes with a bunch of upsides, and it was great. It, it's just whether or not it, it stood the test of time is a whole other story. If anything, Gungnir it's, is better than these other weapons we talked about, like Mondao or you know things like that, because. It's hard to measure the utility of it because the defense down, you could imagine, could either be insignificant or providing more of a group DPS boost, depending on how many DDs you have. It's just one other one, maybe, probably not. But depending on the situation, you can imagine if you're not getting enough defense down, you can imagine this is the one weapon here that has arguably the best effect because that defense down is still nice. It just makes me mind boggled how awesome they were at 75, but how shitty they made them these days, except for a couple of them. I think the defense down should have had a higher proc rate, too, because even if it could potentially increase Alliance DPS more than their polearm on Dragoon at your expense for the group's success, it still doesn't, like, it's not, it's not on constantly. So it's not like you could use Agaha or something and have it on constantly is another problem with the weapon. And Dragoon really wants the skill chain property from Gear Skogel. Yeah, it does, but unfortunately, it's it's still a very mediocre. You have to actually build for this weapon skill, even if you want to take advantage of it. Besides, besides attaching it to a weapon that's subpar in all respects, because even Shining One destroys this, which Shining yeah. One destroys a lot of things. But yeah, it's nice it to have yeah. distortion. But as a dragoon, you're really not too hard pressed for distortion. Yeah, because you can always open with it. Like it's very simple for a lot of goons that have played the job for more than five minutes to know how to open distortions and stuff that part's really easy and usually when people want to close distortions like there's other ways to close distortion or you don't need to go digging for this it's just a nice utility thing to it's have i think usually only a problem if i'm with like another dd in ambuscade and i need the distortion to skill chain with them but then even then i just say fuck it let's kill it the, the reason i care about this is because i like to do the around the world skill chains where like you do a fragmentation then a, then you know a distortion then a fusion then a gravitation then a fragmentation and i like being able to go around in circles and circles like that and your dragoon actually can't do that without this weapon yep and that that part kind of sucks it's kind of hard to gear for too because you need an entire dex based weapon skill damage other pieces set it's really heavy on needing dex because the ftp is so low again you mean Lestradio is calling to you? No, that's not the best set. I actually did the, oh. the Gerskogel set recently, and it was pretty much a lot of it was some of the gear you already have, but then it was like Valorous Dex Weapon Skill Damage Augments, and I'm like, ooh. Gross. Having to how make the, the Dex Weapon Skill Damage cape, too. How about the all jumps damage plus 15? Is jump? Can you get significant damage if you stack jump stuff? The problem is jumps on a timer. But so all jumps. You're boosting, you're boosting something that's you know on a timer. Like, how much can you boost a jump? And for instance, just forget about the timer part. How much does a jump usually do for base damage compared to all buffed um, out totally crazy? Around 3 to 4k if you do really well. But, I mean, the point of jump is for the extra TP to weapon skill, not the white damage. And that's only oh. doing that much because of the, the relic, the 
Yeah, relic body well, is giving you all that. The extra relic damage. body will do an additional like three some odd thousand, however much. You're... Uh, depends. Yeah, it does depend, but yeah, the two mid. We'll say two point five, two point four, some somewhere around there. But um, but yeah, it, basically, you you can do like around four K with that on top. If you like peated cap and stuff, um, you'll you'll know what content you're doing well on when your jumps start looking really crazy and you're doing almost ten thousand damage a jump. It really depends too, because. I mean, jumps are for TP, so you're not gearing up like extra vit and strength and stuff to for a jump. You're using, you know, store TP. It's when you're double yeah. attack and multi attacks proc when you're fully buffed, you see the spikes. Otherwise, it's really not that much more than a normal melee hit. Oh, okay. And the shock spikes isn't insignificant? It's shock spikes. Come on. Oh, come on. If it was the shock spikes that the stupid Dragoon in, in Divergence gets, then it would <laughs> yeah. be. Because fuck that Dragoon specifically. I hate that mob. Or in, even in Odyssey, the shock spikes from that fucking Mamu Jaw. Yeah. And here we go again. The problem is the aftermath is so underwhelming. 5% attack and 5% double attack. Could you make it like 15% attack and 15% double attack so we can at least have an argument that, hey, the aftermath's kind of nice? End up with like a 65% like full d- double attack rate and a lot of builds. That'd be... Pretty, be pretty strong. It, it, out of all the weapons so far, Gungnir is the one where it's like, okay, you're kind of close for a good niche use between skill chain properties and utility. You got defense down, you got the accuracy, but it's still. And then the problem was with the, the jumps was like the most annoying. They do this to Dragoon and other pet jobs where they give it the most irrelevant boost. Who cares about jump damage? Can you give me something for the weapon, please? I would care about it if it's a kind of boost that like the relic body adds. Yes, if it worked with like the relic body, you were stacking them. But still, oh, yeah. but still, we're also talking about increasing white damage here. That's not your bread and butter. Dragoon's like 80% weapon skill damage. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, most yeah, heavy sense. DDs are. So it's not worth making? Uh, I can't. I wouldn't. Besides it being a trident? The, well, it's actually I think not, it looks ugly. It's not a trident. It's like <laughs> it's more like a, a different. Because trident's a three-tipped you know, spear that is, is it not, three-tipped. This is, it's like, they're like folded into a point. It's not, a. it, lo- it looks like it tried to be three tip and then just kind of fell short there too. I, I think it's, I think in the game, it looks more three tipped, but in the icon, it's not uh, anyway. The problem is that nowadays it provides a bunch of stuff that you can get elsewhere anyway. Like you don't need accuracy from this weapon. If you do need accuracy from this weapon, it means you're not being buffed properly in the content you're in. It, you would have to really be, you have to be like 70% accuracy to then throw on this yeah. weapon and have it be better than even other alternative weapons still. Like shit goes wrong. Oh, good here. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like it. I could see making one, but they need to give it just a little more for me to do that. So it does mention in the mythology that lightning bolts are released by the pierced parts of it. So I guess that's where shock specs come from. Yeah, that's great. I'd rather have end thunder. Yeah. <laughs> At least that could be a powerful item. Shock spikes. You know, be cool if, additional uh, effect lightning slashing damage. Imagine putting on shock spikes and fighting something that when it hits you, the shock spikes don't matter. Yeah, and it just reminds me that Shining One has a little electrical design on it. It'd be cool if Gugner had that. Oh, yeah. Match the mythology for sure. Oh man, those animations on, on other weapons would be sick. So, Fox's favorite, Kikoku. Kikoku. Uh, Metsu is best to. <laughs> best um, Best Metsu. Yeah, so there, there's there's ninja memes all over the place. Um, I actually say that Savage Blade is best to, but if you're not Savage Blade and Kikoku is very strong. Um, this one's really simple. Uh, it looks like it translates to Demon's Cry or Demon's Wail. Um, not return to one's country, so apparently that was a talking point at some point. Like, going home. Oh, maybe there was a thing in the past. He probably would. This is where Eric's would have come in and said there was probably a thing about 
at being Japanese and anti something. I'm going to guess. Probably anti foreigner. Let's see. I'm going to guess that yeah. thing back at the day. The important part about uh, Kakoku, though, like history wise, is an, is is more for like the franchise as opposed to like it being any having any real life significance. Yeah, I suppose. Um, the uh, the blade Metsu weapon skill. Um, so most of of the ninja and samurai weapon skills have like this like counting theme to them. Like it's like the next blade technique, basically. Uh, Metsu doesn't follow that. Um, Metsu ha- it basically ends up meaning um, all living things must eventually die, which is pretty hardcore. Like that's actually like a really cool name for a weapon. Fox skill. likes dark stuff. Yeah, I know, right? I do. I, I'm I'm that kind of super edgy edge lord. Uh, but what's really neat though is it ties back to uh, to Yuffie's um, uh, weapon skill, Doom of Living, from Final Fantasy VII. That, that's actually um, a mistranslation when it was translated to English. That's Doom of Living. It's all th- living things must eventually die. Is like the correct translation or whatever. You know, that matches that too. Is that to be five words? Is what it is, or I think. Well, I don't think it's a, it's a one to one translation when it comes to to like characters and then like words. So I was gonna say on my fingers, wake me up inside, <laughs> save me. The secret Evanescence right. video uh, episode. <laughs> For real. Nothing like Evanescence means. So if Savage Boy didn't exist, would Kikoku have good... Would this be the weapon that every ninja is sitting here talking about? You're saying there's no good weapon, but Kikoku... Oh my god. So, again, it's going to be situational. Kikoku is really nice when you are, like, buffed for attack and and everything, and you can just go to town with it. Um, it, You you spam it because you don't really gain any additional benefit from holding TP. Uh, So it's more... It's one of those uh, frequency... um, over over potency sort of things like it, it's still a very strong weapon skill on its own it's probably one of the the better relic weapon skills and it has really good skill chain properties because if uh if you need fragmentation you have to go to uh, uh blade kamu and blade kamu Ooh. is not good that's the mythic one i think right <laughs> that's the mythic one Ooh. yeah so this is a much, much better weapon skill and you can basically do uh, light and darkness on command which is really nice for a lot, a lot of ambuscades uh particularly the mumble jaw one um Ninja's just basically broken in that one in particular, but Ninja breaks a lot of ambuscades. But yeah, Kokoku just has a lot of nice, well-balanced stats on a decent weapon. Um, It's my go-to when I can just mindlessly pop Berserk and spam for days. Um, I almost never use Blade Shun uh, because it's not not always needed, like that that extra bonus to attack. And a lot of times your darkness spam is going to do just as good as light spam. it's nice having both options in something like Omen. Like if you're doing Jin, for example, you want to have access to both good light and dark based spam properties. So I'm not saying like get Kokoku and never worry about getting, you know, a Heishi Shinrokin. Um, you still want that one also. You just want to, it's basically ninjas like Pokemon. Like you got to catch them all. Like you got to collect everything. So for as great as Savage Blade is, you actually would want Kikoku for. Oh yeah. For I don't regret Kikoku. making, I don't regret making Kikoku at all. It's so... very good. For all my shitting on relic weapons, this is actually a good relic weapon. Yes, this one still holds its own. It, it's right up there with APOC in terms of how useful it still is and, and okay. XCAL. Okay, okay. And so another one that we haven't reached on this list yet. I have to apologize to relic weapons. Oh, I'm sure they accept your apology. So the next one we have... Wait, wait, Monica. wait. Oh, you oh, waited. Ooh. Ooh. 75 application. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember our link show leader had a Kikoku, and the delay was amazing at 75. Yeah. Just, the delay still is amazing. It still is today. It has a really low delay. Two times. It's super low. 
I don't know if it's like the lowest ever. It's not like it's a 150 or something, but, but it's very low. It's I like, like the simple model, a simple blue model blade of it. It's pretty cool. It does look cool. It's very nice looking, yeah. That's for sure. That's all I had. So, Amana Monokuno, or hold on, let me make sure I'm, let me actually look at the word here, because I'm going off memory. Yeah, uh, you got it right. Amana Monokuno, okay, it is, okay. Ooh, there's sticks of the Japanese words here. Well. Also known as Kusanagi no Tsurugi, Tsurugi, Kusanagi no Tsurugi, cutting grass, uh, grass cutting sword, and is legendary Japanese sword of one of Japan's three imperial regalia. Originally, it was called Amane no Munakumo no Tsurugi, Heavenly Sword of Gathering Clouds. Actually, don't do too. They always have like super epic names for everything, dude. It's like a sentence. What the fuck? According to the legend told in the chronicle. Uh, Kojiki, Ko... yeah, Kojiki, okay. The, the J-I-K-I, I looked really weird, it's punched. Uh, it was first discovered by the god Susano-O when he slew the great monster, Yomato no Orochi, uh, an eight-headed sorp- uh, serpent, I-, I can't even read this, Fox, you finish this. An eight-headed serpent after he had gotten it drunk on sake, which is rice wine, and most people know that. So let, let's let, let's analyze this for a bit. So so this dude, well, it's God apparently. I like sat how you down, said the race wine part. Sat down with an eight-headed serpent and was like, "Hey, bro, let's drink." So they got like <laughs> hella drunk, right? And then he like cut his heads off with a with a with a crazy heavenly sword of gathering clouds. But not Mondo. Like that's pretty epic. He certainly was a badass. You usually, don't just like kick it with the monster you're trying to slay. Yeah, reminds me of Orin. <laughs> right. Oh boy, Final Fantasy X, Laura. Yeah. The sword is currently in the Japanese emperor's possession, but due to the sword being considered divine, it has never been shown to the public. Wow. Okay. Wow. So how did they make the model? What oh. is this, Muhammad? I guess they're just guessing. Uh, only artist impres- impressions of the sword exist, but in those, it bears some resemblance to a gladius, albeit thinner. It explains why it looks like a toothpick. Yeah. I really is, like I, the sword modeling game. It just reminds me of classic samurai swords. Yeah, it's so small. When you look at it, you always know when someone's a mono because it's really tiny. It's tiny, it's a straight edge, too. It's not a curved edge. It's divine. And this is another one. We're going to go back to absolute garbage weapons. Well, once yeah, upon a time, a lot of accuracy. But well, once upon it. a time, but yeah, now it's a mon- it's mons out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, nowadays, it's less than exciting. Uh, my buddy Hayden, an excellent samurai. Exciting. He's an excellent samurai. He lock styles this thing all the time. <laughs> and he's really using his uh, his Masamune. Or Masamune. Um, he. He's using that instead, but he loves to lock style this thing because it was I think it was his first uh, Rimon Sam. Or maybe it was his, his Yoichi, but we'll talk about that one later. I did the same reason. But, I um, got one for the same reason because I did not have a Afterglow relic. So I'm like, oh, wait, the various is certain just going to get dark relics someday. I better get one. So I made one. Well, from what I understand, he had this thing for a long time and I, he always did okay as a Sam until he got until he got his Massa and obviously Massa just absolutely destroys this thing. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's it's would. not it's not straight terrible as long as the Sam knows what they're doing. It's just there's you have access to a much easier, quote unquote, easier to get option, which is the um, uh, the Aonic. I usually find a mono is that one relic that like people want to make work. They go, oh, I really want to use a mono. And it's like, I don't know why it's got like the fanboydom attached to it. Yeah. So is it worth making nowadays? I would say no. And he would probably say, say no. Also, I would say absolutely not. I know I'm not yeah, a samurai and I'm being hard on it, but I look at that and I look at what samurai is the job and I in nowhere there do I see something that values the job. 
Yeah, like if you want to miss with a light based weapon skill, just use Fudo. Kaiten was good for light though. Back oh, for sure. You do. Uh, well, yeah, you could do caution or Kasha Kaiten Kaiten for double light, and that's actually yeah. super useful for black mage burns. I had attack down as well on it. Oh, which isn't nothing. So, so do we have a niche use making double light for black mage burns and not using different weapon skills? <laughs> well. Because if you're I mean, using Black Mage, you're using assuming that your weapon skill damage is not doing too much there, so it's not like you can use different weapon skills. Well, I mean, now you can just do Kasha, Shoha, and Defudo and get the exact same result. Well, yeah. Unfortunately. Like, if they didn't have another fragmentation option, this would probably be a lot more appealing, because then you have to make frag in some awkward way. But because Shoha exists, a lot of Amano is just kind of overshadowed by just more useful things. Even though the whole weapon skill is light-based and it looks really light, I wish it was darkness because Rana sucks. <laughs> oh, for real. Rana's... If Rana's it was darkness-based, that would Rana's, be a lot more... <laughs> at least between Katana and Great Katana, they kept the darkness mythic weapon skills consistently bad. Yeah. It's so funny that uh, Rana technically has a better hit rate because it's like, what, three hits or something? Yeah. Like, you're, you're going to miss it less frequently, but it's also like the worst weapon skill. It's horrible. You want to do the next one, Fox? Actually, uh, sure. you missed another one. What do you guys have? Clostrum? Yeah. He missed Mjolnir. 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 Did Mjolnir. he really forget Mjolnir? He did forget another Mjolnir. another Norse one. Jeez. I would up here. Fucking Mjolnir is important. Everyone knows Marvel movies are decent. It's the hammer from the god Thor in Norse mythology used as a devastating weapon and as a divine instrument to provide blessings. The hammer is attested in numerous sources, including 11th, 11th century runic Kevebi amulet and the poetic Edna Edda, a collection of Eddic poetry compiled in the 13th century, and the Pros Edda, a collection of prose and poetry compiled in the 13th century. It's like a the hammer twister. was com- Yeah, the hammer was commonly worn as a pendant during the Viking Age in the Scandinavian culture sphere, and Thor, as his hammer occurred, depicted on a variety of objects from the archaeological record. Today, the symbol appears in a wide variety of media and it's again worn as a pendant by various groups, including adherents of modern heathenry. Yeah, heathenry. Heathenry, okay. That was close. It's a neo-paganism sort of thing. This weapon was incredible back at the 75 cap. Yes, it was when White Mage Melee was cool. For white, yeah, that's probably where White Mage Melee came from. Yes, there's people trying to emulate this. Unfortunately, it didn't hold up well, which is the story for a lot of these. It held up horribly because that refresh effect is not viable. It's just a refresh effect. Yeah, it's nothing to get excited about. If you need refresh for some reason on white age, I guess it's there, but uh, you shouldn't. Plus five at one nineteen three. Better R fifteen it so I can get some refresh. But against cure potency plus thirty with augment, and 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 the the weapon skill itself isn't doesn't cover any new ground either. It's not one of those. uh, Weapon skills that like fills that skill chain gap or anything. It's not like you'd make a Mjolnir and augmented to get cure potency in a build. Pretty much, because it's only cure potency one. Also, if it was like cure potency two at thirty oh, percent, yeah. that would be insane. Because then you'd be capping cure potency yeah. two with just your weapon. That'd another another example of SE so narrowly missing the mark. Right. That would be amazing. The damage. Cure the damage is just ridiculous. I really wish Warrior could use it like a just like the axe because we I remember the true strike builds for Dynamis Zakavard for Warrior. Mm-hmm. I feel actually like... that's an interesting proposition. Like if Warrior could use uh, Mjolnir um, nowadays, I think it might actually be better. I feel like this is an example of a weapon that really should add accuracy sixty instead of attack sixty because of a club for White Mage. That's kind of a thing they wanted. Honestly, White Mage yeah. also really wants attack. 
Yeah, it does. But... It's, pretty, it's pretty deficient in a lot of things when it comes yeah. to Melee. In theory, you can imagine Mjolnir is cool. You know, uh, the weapon skill restores MP, you get refresh from it, you know, and all these things. It gets cure potency. So it sounds like a great white mage weapon, but it just doesn't do the job of any of those things. The restore MP is like, what, 4 to 16 MP? Yeah. It's not a lot. It, it, I think it even it has like a much lower proc rate than things we're used to, like Tizona. Like it doesn't. Oh, it, it's well, like it, it says here recover MP procs around 10% of the time and restores between 4 to 16 MP. That's horrible. Yeah. It's 75. Amazing. But yeah, not now. This <laughs> four for sure. That's like the gaudy harness. Uh, that that body, the level fifty body or whatever. It's like the Rampery harness for Thief, except it was a Beastmaster. It has refresh on it, which is amazing for a level fifty body or whatever. But the Latin is it only activates if you have less than forty nine MP, not forty nine percent, just forty nine yeah. MP. Yeah, but that is, that's just so funny about this uh, this particular weapon though is that yeah, if um if that was cure potency two instead of cure potency one that it gave for thirty percent. It would instantly be like the the greatest thing. Like white mages would be like, "Oh, you have to get this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for sure. Mandatory. Like like Gagrush is because like, I remember the all the white mages Kursa. who I remember all the white mages had Reverend Mail back then. They wanted to melee. Shen yeah. was a whole bitch to do for a long time. I never fought him. I made the lanterns. I never fought him. It took forever to get to Pal the island. <laughs> the <laughs> the missed the fucking boat. <laughs> and he had like, to kill, literally kill him super quick, or it went terribly wrong. Yeah, like I think he had ads or something. Yeah, ads and that that terrible uh, poison. poison aura. Yeah, both those things. It was just terrible. Took like you two to hours together at least. Yeah, I think you. Had, well, you had to run in. You had to do a skill chain. And I think you just bursted him to death. And if he didn't die, you were in a bad time. Unfortunately, yeah. though, we're, we're really running long on time here, so we're gonna do speed round. Oh no no no! Claustrum. <laughs> Get the claustrum next. The claustrum looks like the damn uh, Sandoria signet staff. The monster signet with better looks. It's pretty it, boring. Yeah. In Latin... Is it... I don't think it's worth making, is it? Uh, no. In Latin, claustrum means to close or to shut. In medicine, its name is for a small bilateral gray matter structure inside the brain and is suspected to play a role in consciousness. There are no taru-tarus inside your brain. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, I see what you did there. Yes. I used to call it that. It gave taru-tarus. The tartar sauce staff. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. I mean, even the augment is horrible. This has a and great minus twenty property. Dispel was interesting. This has distortion, I believe. Let me tell you, staff gets such terrible actual chain properties. Yeah, that too. The, all the weapon skills pretty much suck, right? So the problem is that you know what would you use claustrum for? It'd be meleeing on black major summoner, and those oh, are jobs no, that's no. not built around meleeing. Yeah, you see, you would have your cold acumen build, right? <laughs> and then okay. once you get enough, then once you get enough MP off of being resisted to shit, um, you would then bust out your your gates of tartar sauce and <laughs> get the property to close a darkness, and then swap off that staff and hopefully burst on something worthwhile. Oh, that's that's a really roundabout way to make it cool. Yeah, but I mean, at the, in the same token, you you have a um, a staff rod of the finest gold. <laughs> It's it's a pretty big miss. Like it has to, like I like I wrote like a couple weeks back. It has serious refresh though. <laughs> it refresh a huge refresh it has effect. three times the refresh of uh, Mjolnir. It's a huge refresh effect. I just don't know yeah. if they dispelled anything special. Uh, did it dispel something? Things. Nice. Did it dispel stuff you couldn't dispel otherwise? I, I'd imagine it might have that ability, but it's no, going to be subject to magic evasion and magic accuracy. I'm sure, right? 
Or is it just well, I strategy? talked. I, I I remember talking to someone about this thing once, and it's just a spell that brocks every once in a while. Like it's not anything really special. It just happens. And the problem is, is that you're never mailing on Black Mage, so you almost never get to see this dispel happen. Ten percent of the time, every time. Right. Oh, which is zero percent of the time because you don't have your weapon drawn. You know what they did for this is how much Essie is shit on Black Mage over the years. You know what the R15 augment is for it, Fox? I forget. I think it's um uh pet magic accuracy. Or no pet no, accuracy. No, no, right? no, 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 the R15 augment. The magic accuracy is is part of the weapon itself. It, it it's for pets though. Yeah, no, 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 no. The F the R15 is only for the the it's got the the case of tartar sauce damage, the damage for the weapon, and enmity minus twenty. Oh yeah, that's what they gave the whole staff. If you spend fifty on all those detritus on it, you get enmity minus twenty. And all those black mages listening know that they always pull hate on black mage nowadays, right? Oh boy, yeah, it never happens. Well, Not black now. mage is somewhat useful now, honestly, though. I mean, so yeah. I, I guess they made you want to. But not with a claustrum. You want to get a claustrum, <laughs> and you want to spend all those detritus on it, so you can have an item that, when you're doing some sort of buffing, you have a, a minus enmity build. Because why would you nuke in this? It's a pretty big miss. I like <laughs> pretty, every, pretty big. every aspect. Dude, this is like trying to jump the canyon and not even getting off the ramp. Jump the canyon and you realize <laughs> it's you're like in Evil light. Knievel got in his bike and broke his ankle. Before he even turned on his bike, he just he went to kick the thing on and he just broke his ankle. Maybe those uh, stunts that they tried in Jackass, they just failed horribly for getting off the ramp. He went to do the jump and his handlebars came off the bike before he even got to the ramp. Yeah. You think they're going to do something cool because those handlebars came off, but that, that was actually not part of the show. <laughs> has accuracy plus 60? Come on. Oh, man. It should have had attack plus 60 because Black Mage is pretty starved for attack. <laughs> right? Both so good. This weapon has been a meme since its inception. It is still a meme now. Yep. There's, you only make it if you want a lock style. There are no Taru Tarus inside your brain. Except this time, if you do make this for lock style, it's not actually as embarrassing as Ragnarok. Yeah, it does look pretty nice. You could get a level 75 in lock style. Let's see. I mean, you got to glow, though. You got to glow. So true. If you ain't glowing, bro, then you ain't doing it right. <laughs> That's how the phrase goes. So, Yoichi no Yumi. This bow. What's it translate to, Fox? Yoichi's bow? <laughs> it's very, very straightforward. It's super straightforward. Apparently, this dude was a real guy, though. So that's the thing. Yep, the name refers to Nasu no Yoichi, a famed samurai archer who fought alongside Minamoto, the Minamoto clan during the Genpai War of 1180 to 1185. The Hieki uh, Mano Gatari, the tale of the Hieki, tells how the opposing Tayara clan placed a fan atop a pole on one of their warships and dared the Minamoto warriors to shoot it off. With what, bows? I guess, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the oh, Nasu no Yuichi mounted his horse and rode into the ocean's waves and managed to shoot the fan in a single attempt, earning adoration from both sides of the war as well as several manners of reward from his lord. No, manners as Mazers. reward. So that means this dude got multiple houses for riding his horse <laughs> into the ocean. This dude now just needs the Ferrari to pull awesome. up. He needs a Ferrari now for one of these houses so he can pull up to one of these XI players and bang them all weekend. Dude, the, 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 red Ferrari. the the previous guy is like drinking with the boss the, the boss enemy and now this dude right here is like riding his horse into the sea and he's a hero like th these heroes are serious business hold on is that a sea horse <laughs> what no go away <laughs> he rode his sea horse 
Uh, Yoichi is something for samurai. It's always been not. Yeah, it's for, pretty cool for samurai. Like yeah, ranger. Well, it was it was good for ranger for well, um yeah. Dr. Kixian. Yeah, was the, the, the pony was what came to my mind too. So I'm glad we're in the same place. Even before then, it was good for Sky. It was good for pretty much everything. It was great for Ranger back then. Yeah. But I do remember the Gob- Vanifest Golden Gobby giveaway in 2012. Wow. What? What? It was a play- it was a little event they had for Square Enix had for uh, play online users for like a survey. One winner was chosen from everybody who participated. And you could pick like any kind of relic, any kind of myth that you wanted. Oh, I and think I remember, I remember the person. The person posted on Auction House that he got the... Yorichi and everyone made fun of him oh, because he no. couldn't make a he could get a relic, a mythic, an Empyrean, or a K club. He picked a damn Yorichi. <laughs> He's like, Oh my god, this is I wanted this for so long, and they just got trolled into uh, yeah, oblivion. Sh- as you do, he should be trolled for that, but I do understand because when I made King Konkin, I didn't care that I'm doing less damage. It is something that I'd always wanted from my first year in this game. Yeah. Like I could see that, but back in 2012, that was when mythics were really rare. Yeah, yeah. Pick the damn Yoichi. <laughs> so yes, it was even worse to pick Yoichi back then. Yeah. And when they picked Yoichi, I think in 2012, it still didn't have much more use than it has today. So, well, Namasero. Here's the thing. Um, Namasero was actually good back in the day, um, and this is still a good weapon. The problem is that it's a bow. And that's the problem with all bows in this game, actually, yeah. is that they're bows. The dispensed ammo is pretty good. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, the, the thing is solid. It's just SE needs to go back through and like make bows work better. <laughs> that's the only real problem. Yeah, they have they have great true shot range, though. That's that's definitely the, pretty sweet. But um, that was what they tried to yeah, balance them with back in the day. They, they kind of didn't finish the balancing act. Well, they actually released a bunch of uh, or at least more true true shot gear. Which is like direct percentage increases to your damage. So um, they're trying. They're they are trying. Yeah, uh, I actually am just like low key collecting that gear in case it ever becomes something. Um, but I don't have any good bows to use it with. I just have like an Uller. The guy That's who has great. all but one job is collecting extra gear to store. Wow. Yeah, because I can I can still use it on uh, on a core and, uh, and ranger. I I have an arma. You're probably like true shot arma with triple shot actually does a lot of damage. So is there any reason to have it nowadays besides I'm a samurai not going on a different job? Five Just samurai crit really. rate. 5% crit rate passively on your samurai, I suppose. Woo! Yeah, it's probably not worth making. No. It's, it's cool. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking huge. Yeah, sweet looking. That's for sure. Um, oh, like for Galka, it's a huge it, uh, it has distortion property, which actually does matter. Um, you can actually use... Actually, Yoshino Yumi is good in one of the Odyssey bosses right now. I just forget which one it is to make a skill chain at range using a distortion property. Okay. I just forget which. Um, I think it's. Um, I think it might actually be good for Ongo. Interesting. Uh, but I don't remember. That would be the one for Ongo because you got like, a magic boost on Earth, so it's probably going to darkness. Yeah, like you, you use like I think it's like Namasero to uh, Leaden Salute for darkness. Huh. Or something. I, I forget. But it is. It is actually used. Like I, I've seen a video where it's used um on one of these bosses at uh, v15 i like when you see a weapon like that that people don't usually have because you wouldn't have a reason to and there's finally a reason to do it in a setup and everyone's like yeah. it's the skill chain property only like that's that's the only thing that really matters but the triple damage worked on barrage and double shot oh it sure does if you if you proc done ikdarkixion you would always die wasn't that, that bow? yeah actually um that's something that a lot of people don't know that one and another weapon that happens to be looming that i'm a huge fan of 
Um, when you have fixed hate weapon skills like that, a lot of times people don't realize that the resulting skill chain damage you're about to create is not fixed hate. And the mob will absolutely know that you're there and come kill you for it. So I remember, You're just a dead hoe. <laughs> dead hoe. <laughs> I remember... Dead hoe. I think, didn't it cause some controversy in the Wings of the Goddess era when they had that stronghold NM? I believe it was a Yagodo in Castle of Troja or whatever. And it drops the Fail Naught. Not the Fail Naught, but the Fail Naught. Uh, and it has the same model as Yoichi, except it's blue instead of red, but it's the same everything else. There were people like, upset that. that it looked just like it. I worked so hard. They reskinned the relic weapon. Oh no! Let's see. I'm going to add that to my history notes to research. I'm sh- I, I don't uh, think it was a, a big outrage, but I think people switch. posted they were upset that they reskinned a relic because, like, you don't reskin oh. that. You don't reskin it. And now we're getting dark relics. Oh. Well, we don't know that. It's a picture. Yeah, well, you never know. We're going to have to annihilate that one with the next one. This is one of my favorite relic weapons. Yes. Uh, Eric's, yeah. Eric says, I'm told it means to annihilate and stuff. <laughs> yep, the annihilator. The annihilator. So the annihilator. Yep. Um, nothing special, but apparently FX Cyclopedia says that the annihilator was an experimental handheld one man machine gun model designed by John Taliaferro Thompson during World War One. After the war ended, the gun was renamed the Thompson machine gun and properly referred to as a Tommy gun. John this Talia does not look Farrow like a Tommy Thompson. gun, by the way. But what it's like a fucking shotgun. Yeah, but what Annihilator is, it's the absolute best shotgun you can have for a gun. That was actually Funk's note yeah. for the weapon is fucking shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, but I hate how Galka hold marksmanship weapons with one hand. No way, that, that makes it more awesome. That makes no, it more it racist so when the humans are you, making you are you are straight up toting. Like elvins do the same thing. You're just toting the shotgun, you man. Just step, do one step forward and aim it. It's like, come on. I'm not like that. We'll just have to be at odds on this one. Okay. Well, Funk's afraid if he takes two steps forward, it'll fall over. So one step's getting him nervous. Okay, so <laughs> Annihilator is 100% worth getting, and every Ranger should have one nowadays, too. I um, wish Ranger was more valued as a job, because it's really cool. I agree. Like, most of the time, people just use it for true flight shenanigans, um, where you just, like, super buff magic weapon skills, and they pretend to be Corsairs. Um, that's basically the end of the day. Uh, Annihilator is actually really good for fights where you want to like control hate and you need to do a bunch of sustained damage over time and have the mob never notice you're there. And when you are Ranger Sub Dragoon using an Annihilator, um, you have all sorts of great skill chain options and you have amazing like barrage options uh, or I'm not barrage options, but I mean, you have you can have ma- amazing barrages from this. Um, it has a, a shit ton of ranged accuracy. Like you are usually not ever going to miss the mob. Um, the problem is it doesn't do as much damage as like a FOMO hot. But then again, none of the guns do uh, when it comes to physical damage. So it's hard to compare it there. But I, I've gone just absolutely ham in fights and just never pulled hate using Annihilator, even though like I've I've handily won the parse in situations where it matters. And like Annihilator is just absolutely amazing. Hopefully but that the one thing. What? Saying so hopefully they stick to that where in newer fights like Odyssey you don't want to pull hate and that makes Ranger infinitely more valuable yeah. again. Yeah, we used our Ranger um uh well I didn't go Ranger nor Chris went Ranger uh versus Arabadi the the cat and you you just basically kill that thing to death with uh with range attacks. Cuz Arabadi takes all your buffs off regularly so fighting on Dragoon was a nightmare. Not only did he kill my my Wyvern but he took yep. my buffs off constantly. I felt just completely crippled yeah i had hide and go in and shining one to death on samurai the first time and then never again it's just always going to be a ranger it'll either yep. be uh nor chris or myself using annihilator it's it's so good 
And then it gives you a fragmentation property on a gun, which is great because that means you can either um, and you can either uh, Koronok to Koronok, which is the weapon skill to make darkness, or you can last stand to Koronok or vice versa to make light. So you have both options no matter what. It's super versatile. You never miss and you you just get to do really stupid things with it. Carrot has the weapon. I don't know if it was the first one she ever made, but she's had it for a long time and that's she used to play Ranger. She's getting back into it now, actually, and I think she's enjoying nice. it. How does the Cornock yeah. uh, me down actually work? What does it do? It's like wildfire. Okay, right? so there's two steps to it actually. Um, the weapon skill itself on Cornock is fixed hate, so it only generates a certain amount of hate no matter what as a base, and then it's further reduced by enemy reduction. So whenever you fire off a Cornock, no matter how much damage the Cornock itself does, you only generate like less. It's significantly less hate than like than a third of a provoke or something. It's it's very very small, and then um. The aftermath gives you negative 25 enmity, which is just passive. So it, that stacks with everything else you're doing. So on top of that, it's very easy to hit the negative 50 enmity cap on uh, on Ranger and just ride that as well through all your normal range attacks and stuff, which is nice because this thing, when it does triple damage, it does triple damage. Like it, it, it does a crazy amount of damage. Um, I've I very regularly had like somewhere around like like 10k critical hits and stuff off this thing and like when you have double slash triple shot going depending on if you're wearing the artifact body or the relic body um you can just absolutely just dish out damage Cap just damage for white damage yeah oh yeah and your your barrages can do crazy damage when that when that procs on there too but just your white damage alone like this gun actually does real white damage okay so earlier i said it's like wildfire no it is not wildfire it just has based on tp it's a many percentage reduction to the damage i think so you just generate yes. damage slower but it's not as low and suppressed as uh, Annihilator. Yeah, it just, it, well, it benefits from having um, the, the magic damage weapon skills generate yeah. less hate overall too, because it's based off the base damage of it also, not the not the multiplied damage later. So that's why Corsairs using Lead and Salute don't usually pull hate as quickly. Um, it's the same thing for Wildfire, for example. It's just, it's diminished even further. Um, comparing Armageddon to Annihilator though, because I have both guns, um, Armageddon does way better white damage, but it doesn't even come close to the uh, the physical damage that Annihilator puts out. It's not even. It's not even. It's, it's not even. Only close. for Corsairs, it's, even from its inception, as far as I've ever remembered, that Annihilator was only for Corsairs. Not Annihilator. Yeah, that's the relic weapon. Um, Armageddon. Armageddon was only for Corsairs, and it was not something a ranger should ever use. Well, no, Ranger actually has a reason to use well, Armageddon now scale. with all the true shot stuff because it gets. Um, Ranger has the most true shot bonuses, so Ranger actually is going to have the highest white damage from your uh, from your Empyrean aftermath. Okay, but would you really need to worry about a white damage build with Armageddon over using anything else like Annihilator or Formula? Uh, it depends on the fight, because in in like a lot of these, because it's also a magic in a lot skill. of. You mean you can use the magic weapon skill, but in, in a lot of fights, like um, you, you notice the white damage on a lot of these Odyssey bosses. Actually, well, I was saying it's a disadvantage because, because to get aftermath, it's a weaker weapon skill potentially, even garbage because it's not gonna magic weapon skills can sometimes just be hamstrung by being useless against the target. Yeah, it's true. You can still last stand in an Armageddon, but um, and it's actually fairly okay actually but it's just not as good as annihilator is like annihilator oh also annihilator makes your food choice a little bit easier too um it's a lot easier to use attack food because you get like an extra 80 plus ranged accuracy or something over um over the other options yeah pulling hate on rangers is especially bad because the mob is going to move 
Yep. But you combine um, its ammo, which is accuracy ammo, which is kind of nice for that reason, with the fact that it's an accuracy weapon, and you, you just never miss, really. It's really cool. Yeah, it's great shotgun. for 75 as well. Everything oh, yeah. to do with Ranger. Like, over time, you basically pulled hate with any kind of range, any kind of DD. But with the, that's an ally there, you definitely did not. So you can stay and alive. You didn't have to worry about the d- double weakness crap. Also, one of the original strategies to uh, a fight like uh, Black and White, like the Master Trial, was to just take Annihilator Rangers in and just do uh, low hate yeah. weapon skills until everything died. Sometimes it's just important to have low hate or fixed hate uh, coming in to just plan for longer fights. Speaking of longer fights, it's going to be the longest episode. What do we have left? Uh, Yalahorn? Two more. Yalahorn and Aegis. <laughs> Two more. Yalahorn. Yay, more Norse mythology. Translates to hollering horn or yelling horn. Ah, this is a <laughs> this was the fabled horn of Heimdallr, the wise god who watches for invading frost giants at the end of the Bifrost, the burning rainbow bridge that connects Asgard, Midgard, and the other realms together. The horn was used both as a musical instrument and as a drinking horn. Ooh, now it's useful, particularly when Heimdallr used to drink from it from. Mimis Brunner, Mimir as well, to become wise. Drinks to become wise. Awesome. Oh, God, I'm stumbling and fumbling this whole episode. I feel so tired. When blown, it was said to... Wow. (laughs) I like the comma. Very strategic. When blown, it was said to sound... The sound could be heard across all nine worlds that were connected by the world tree Yggdrasil. Most famously, it was used during the uh, uh, it was more famously it was used during the events of Ragnarok to alert the gods of Asgard that their enemies had assembled. So when you complete it, you complete it in the Valley of Sorrows. So I don't think that has anything to do with the mythology part. And then they just needed a place for it. Sad yeah, story. <laughs> extra spot here. Here we go. It somewhere. Yeah, at seventy five, the main purpose was for all songs plus two because uh, that's the only way you can get ballad inc- increments, well, and it yep. was practically unlimited MP. We've and the Black the Mage Burns and Sea were amazing. <laughs> you go to the right. Garden of Ruhamet, you go up to where the Ixian pops in the corners there. It's pretty fun. What what can't we say about this thing? Like this this horn is basically one of the, the best Rima's period. I feel like it's the one we it's said the least good. about even because everyone it's the one thing. When you say relic, everyone goes, Oh, what the horn? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much it. Like, like between even, this even, and though, even though lots of the enhancements to bard like the songs plus all the unique different pluses you can get like the uh, moonboard necklace plus one it's not as good as back in before everything else came out but it's uh, it's basically assumed you have one not only for only one inventory but it's still really amazing just to have that one horn for the maximum potency of everything i really wish they would have made it like plus five or plus six though oh of course if you compare it to everything else, it's just kind of, it's still kind of blah. Whoa. Like the additional effects on it are not really good anymore. I feel that relics embody power creep. Yeah. Like the charisma, the charisma and the singing skill were amazing. The 75 cap helped a lot for resist and such. That's why it doesn't do too much here now, though. It doesn't help as much now. I mean, it's pretty negligible. Because for Bard, everything caps. All the songs cap, except for Honor March, which has a little more of a requirement, but it's not hard to reach the cap. You can't use this with Honor March anyway. And it's not like String Skill, where there's like a far more tangible benefit either. Yeah, I was going to say it would actually be more exciting if this was a harp, and I'm sure there could be some Greek thing that they did there. 
Yeah, if it was a harp, yeah, because of the range you could get with it. Yeah, it'd be very exciting as a harp. A, it makes sense too with the with what you just read about being heard all around the world. I don't being mean being a wider range with the harp. I don't mean the harp on it, but I'm Actually, I'm glad that it is only a, a, a wind instrument because you can definitely use the distance plugin to know who will go get hit by what. With the heard all around the world thing, I'm surprised it was never a secret effect on the Ellerhorn to have it have the range of a uh, stringed instrument. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, actually, the one example I can think of so far where they've not met with the the weapon's history very well. It looks pretty cool though. Pretty a gold design with little stripes on it. That's fine. I, I actually like the Marcius more. I agree. I usually lock style that if I'm going to lock style something on Bard. Really? Yeah, it looks I don't great. like that. It's kind of lame. Better than my pink harp. <laughs> well hey what's wrong with pink the pink harp looks bad though it just has a terrible model i'll have you know people pay great money to have the pink it's true i like saw the marvelous cheer now wait what you got Marvel- marvelous cheer or that new one oh, the new one has yeah. the same model the the feather oh. dust. Have you seen what it looks like it's like a fucking clown boner <laughs> boner what what a- <laughs> I know it's an instrument. For, for those who not... have survived the the episode to this point, we got we now featured clown boners. <laughs> Look, oh, wait, wait, I thought he said, on, I said clown boner, like when it's an blown. actual instrument. But look it up on BG. I have a picture of the appearance on BG for the marvelous cheer. Just take a look at it. I, I wait. So did you say clown boner? <laughs> yeah, the clown boner when blown, comma <laughs> provides many benefits. Okay, so now I have a lot of questions. What do you know about clowns and their boners? I take it as if <laughs> their outfits. Come on, the white. Uh, there's no come outfit. on about it. It's not a thing people typically have a knowledge base about. Where they go, hey, clown boners is what it looks like. As if you've seen clown boners in your life. This this has clearly gone on true. way too long. We still have Agus to look forward to. Uh, come on. I no no, no no no. So was it a birthday party? Was it? A... It's usually. A I couldn't. Party, yeah. I can't. I don't have any personal experience myself. You just imagined a clown's pants and, uh, you know, excitement over one of the MILFs or something. Isn't there a no, no, that was just a clown boner? I didn't hear you, Fox. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, the G-Horn's good. It's worth making make it. Okay, I guess we're going to skip that. Huh? I know, yeah, I, that, I think, that, that never happened. I think we're just, I think Fox is just trying to sweep it under the rug at this point. I, yeah, I was, we didn't even hear him. We, 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 had our, we had our fun with that one. Clown boner. If that's not the first comment posted, I don't know what should be. <laughs> I'm gonna post the, the how to spell uh, this. Uh, what was I trying to to write in Greek? Oh, uh, apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna post <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you doing your part to be sharing the shame of cool not being block. able to pronounce words? <laughs> okay. When you read, so I guess uh, mythology first. Go ahead. I have something to add to this. Okay. Okay. Is it August or is it Aegis or is it? I've called Aegis. it Aegis. To me, it always looks like August, but I never pronounce anything right. So Aegis. Uh, according to Homer's wow. Iliad, the Aegis was a shield or animal skin worn over the torso that was carried by Pallas Athena, goddess of war, wisdom, and handicraft, or Zeus, king of the gods, god of thunder and the sky. In some versions, it was described as having golden tassels as well as a fearsome surface of scale-like gold and linked serpents, or, yeah, linked serpents, along with the head of Medusa, the Gorgonon, adorning the center, which was gifted to Athena by the hero Perseus, who also has a harp from one of the coarse NMs that spawns at night in Ottawa Chasm. 
like a, a stab harp or like a a, a, a stab blow harp. The, the 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 curved Egyptian style sword that I think is also Greek, uh, but I would imagine the Egyptians made it first. Of course. Of course. In the Iliad, it is mentioned that the Aegis could produce a sound as a form of myriad of roaring dragons and was typically used by Athena in battle. Also, I'm sorry, but I'm not sure I can make it to the podcast tonight. Probably can't <laughs> afford to stay up this late because I'm meeting family tomorrow. Thanks, Eric. Okay. So when I think of a shield, I think of, you know, a shield just screaming at me in the form of dragons. Or seagulls. I'm used to seagulls. I've never I've never heard of that. Yeah, I also have more here to add to that. The Aegis Na'al, or symbols of Athenia, Greek goddess of wisdom and handcraft. In Roman times, she was known as Minerva. The Aegis is her gorgon-headed shield. She is also the goddess of war. What the owl sits on her shoulders and reveals unseen truths to her. The Aegis Na'al represents strength and insight, hand skill and mind work. I gotta but, get me one of those owls. Yeah. But he... when you go to make the shield, there's an owl sitting in a tree and the carpenter's landing. Oh. And it's looking at you. Yep. That's pretty deep. And it's when you move, like, it like stares at you. It's also a weirdly textured owl, too. Ooh. Like, it looks kind of strange. So there's not many owls in the game. Yeah, it's like really weird. It's... I mean, you don't think you see any owls anywhere else in the game, yeah. Well, you know, the problem, the reason that shield can't block for shit is because the owl's not in your shoulder. It's going to give you the sight to how to block with the shield. <laughs> okay, right. but when it was first released, it was the only size 5 shield when they added the sizes to shields. It had an amazing block rate, too. Yeah, at first, I don't think the shield update was there when it was first added, but no one had it at that point. Everyone wanted it for the magic negation. Yeah, Magic was a huge threat at 75 cap. It's oh, yeah. as threatening as a clown boner. <laughs> yes, it was get over that. It was kind of a game changer for paladins, that's for sure. Um they just took a lot less damage than they already took. Had a great shield bash. Like the shield bash was actually notable. Yeah. I think it's is shield bash good today or no? Um you, you won't really notice that it's stronger today, but it is stronger, yeah. I think you can combine it with other shield bash stuff too. Does that work? Like yeah, the hands, I, I think? It's very it's very small. Like the Latin um, well, the hands do something the else. The hands are awesome. Uh, you're referring to the, the relic hands. Those have an additional effect of dispelling, and it's a typeless dispel, so it doesn't get resisted. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Shield Bash is an awesome dispel. But do they but it, doesn't, still? it doesn't show you what you remove, though, which is a problem. Oh. And then um, when you're using like the, the Bash plus 10 ring or whatever, it's just literally plus 10 to the base damage. It's not like a 10%, so that's not quite as exciting. Oh, lame. It's not worth yeah. carrying. But Hands the, great, everything else bad. I didn't know Shield Spash has a dispel item that makes it actually really useful. I always thought it was just like an enmity stun kind of thing. Yeah, Cobblarius Hands at plus two and plus three give additional effect spell. That's actually just kind of like how the Dark Knights do with their weapon bash, do uh, uh, chain bound for skill chains. Ah. Uh, Paladins get the spell instead. I think it definitely is still worth making, isn't it? Yes. The... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. The there's, some, there's some fights that require it. Um, like if you want ever if you ever want to solo tank Yakshi as like the only person in range, yes, um, Yakshi can't really kill a paladin very easily because of Aegis and, and what it does. And then on a lot of the um, a lot of the new NMs, uh, the Odyssey NMs, there are well not a lot, but I'd say there's somewhere if you switch to an Aegis, you'll probably have an easier time. Uh, the Ice Cat's one of them. Like if you get blasted with a full dispel and he primarily has like mostly ice damage, a paladin pretty effortlessly caps uh, MDT at eighty seven five using just the shield and stuff they normally wear. So you combine that with magic evasion, and Paladin's basically immune to magic. I always like when Fox plays these jobs, because he just instantly 
Because when I don't play them, I always ask these speculative questions that make me look really dumb. Like, is that? <laughs> wouldn't that make sense to do? Wouldn't you? It's like because I've never played it and don't research it and don't. That seems sound. I understand the applications of the jobs and building parties and strategies. I just don't understand the nuances like this. But I always like when you're like you're like right into it because you've thought about it like sleepless nights in bed, just sitting there like, oh, what, what about what, what would I be at the cap? Let me add it in my head, and you're just like done. actually. A pretty sad amount of the time, yeah. I think about Final Fantasy eleven mechanics more than I probably should. <laughs> it's quite sad. If only the I devs do remember, would recognize you. I do remember at seventy five cap for the shield. Uh, the the one stage requires that usually requires sixty pieces. It required twenty of each. Yeah, that was unique because it's added after the rest of them, like we mentioned earlier in the episode. When but, I made it, it, it was um, when I made it. Nowadays, it, it felt both. I'm not gonna say easier because it's pretty easy to make a relic period. But it felt less strenuous to sit there and like buy all of these, all of this currency and stuff off the auction house. Like to be able to just buy like five here and then five of this one and then five of this one and then move to the next page. Like yeah. it just seemed like less of a hurdle than it was like trying to get like 60, 100 pieces of something else. Which that reminds was, me. Yeah. Back at 75 cap, when players <laughs> were making these weapon skills, they always used to have like trade different currencies to other people. Like they basically were all worth the same, pretty much. Buying yeah. bills were always worth a little less, but you, what you had to do is you always had to trade the currency that you got because no one wanted to do the same dynamics over and over again. So you rotate it around, right? Yeah. So you trade the currency you didn't need. The players who were making weapons, and if they needed it, they they gave you what you needed. You got they got what they needed. So it worked out for everybody, pretty much. And then as they became but, less useful, like only like the uh, Ordell's bronze pieces for the shield or whatever, they, they became yeah. the expensive ones and other stuff became yeah. cheaper. Basically, the, the ones with high jade shell requirements, this is why jade shells actually end up being most expensive, uh, those were more desirable items overall. Uh, when they were like 60 jade shells or like you needed the full um, uh, uh, Rimlala stripe shell or whatever, um, whenever it had either of those two requirements, like those were generally a weapon that was more sought after than the rest of them. Yeah, the horn was the the jade shell, the strip shell, whatever it is. So is APOC and a few others. And the shield is the gold piece, which also back then people thought that the last stage would be random because it was thir- 20 of each for the second to last stage. Oh, I've never heard anyone say that, actually. Yep. It makes sense. if it, I mean, it would make sense to players back then, you know, because it was 20 of each, you know. Yeah, it was never my problem. Like It was that dude who was making the shield's problem. Yeah. But like I mentioned earlier in the episode, the Amafia fight was needed for this, and it was pretty fun. So <laughs> yeah. if this is relic weapons, I hate to see us do one on Mythics. Oof. That's why we well, couldn't fit them all in one episode. <laughs> what's funny is, like, think about Empyreans and Aeonics, though. Like, We could almost do those in the same episode, minus the lore, because they just both do the same thing. It's like, do you want to do a bunch of damage? Well, how do you want to do a bunch of damage, yo? Hey, kids, yeah. do you like damage? Well, you're going to love this. Here's a bunch of things that only do damage and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. This, there is a lot more nuance to these, so it is kind of... I mean, besides, we have to go deeper in the lore because Empyreans don't do anything and Aeonics don't do anything. and Mythics yeah. have some uses. Mythics are kind of like a 50-50 grab bag of, like, are they just damage-dealing weapons or do they, like, provide, like, tangible boosts your job absolutely needs? Like, people say Yagrush is necessary for White Mage. Yagrush is definitely not a DD weapon, that's for sure. Let me tell yeah, you, support. that overload suppress on Kinkonkin is useless most of the time, but when you're doing like an overdrive, well, not overdrive because it's not, you're not overloading, but when you're doing like flame holder spam or, or nuking with Ice Maker, you absolutely, w- I absolutely will overload instantly on Ice Maker nukes without Kinkonkin. Yeah, they also yeah. have the lore in the game surrounding the mythics as they are, the Balaran's mythic yeah. weapons or whatever. 
yeah. And then the lore surrounding the Empyreans would also be a lot deeper, too, than the actual mechanics of the weapons. That's true. But who knows? Maybe we'll visit that. But is there lore surrounding Empyreans, though? Uh, I think some of them. Like real life, but in-game, though. All nice. I don't think there's anything in-game that they talk about, do they? Oh, for Empyreans? No. They just... That that was at the... the maintenance oh. stage of the game where we're going to add the weapons guys but that's it this weapons that's it take them yeah yeah, yeah. there isn't really any game lore for it no. there's as much lore to it as there is story to abyssia right i think there was more story to uh void watch than to abyssia bad shit's yeah. happening man kill all these nms thanks dude i'll do that return to the hall of the gods return to the zone return to the hall of the gods right i can't knock Ooh. it too much i still love this game but i mean I still miss some of the things that used to have that could still be there. Could they just moved on to easier things? This is such a hearty episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure Sveden there driving, looking at all the dead animals on the highway between Norway and, and Sweden there is, is very happy to listen to this. Otherwise, everyone else is just going to comment and we didn't respect the listener's time. Yeah, You're right. That goes a fresh so, episode, though. I liked it. Those people will never make it to Clown Boners. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like trombone, but it was an instrument I'd never heard of, like a clon boner. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, I thought oh, no. It, like a clon. I'm like, okay, I don't know what a clon is, but it's like a tromboner. Okay, and with that, please write us an email at wtfinvonadeal at gmail.com if you're interested in speaking with us, we're interested in talking with you, or join the Discord and tell us we're hypocrites for talking about cheating, even though you don't know what the word <laughs> hypocrite means. Thanks a lot, jerk. <laughs> or also what would be very nice is we have a thread on the BG forums, which it'd be nice if people use the BG forums. There are job guide threads there, but it's obviously, there's no reason to use it because it's not auction house. So you can also do that or the link shell in game. Still hoping that gets a little cooler. I mean, the discord's great. The thread's dead, but the link shell, we got people in it. We talk sometimes, but I'm hoping we get that rolling a little more sometime. Otherwise, is there anything... You guys want to add? I feel like we I added everything ad nauseum. Yeah. Well, I guess Just make sure you guys follow up with a mythic episode someday. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you come back and talk about Bozo the Clown's trousers. Oh, I'm sure what kind of mythic weapons like that. Yeah. I feel like if Eric's listens to this, all we're going to hear from him is things about clowns. There has to be some kind of different clown North mythology we don't know about yet. Well, we'd just be clowning around at that point. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're a bunch of bozos. Okay, I love Bozo the thanks Clown. For, uh, thanks for coming out, Funkworks. Oh, you love Bozo the Clown? Are we going the, the, back? The TV show? I, I, uh, I, <laughs> did you ever watch that? I did not. I was aware of it. Fox. Fox Charlie Brown so hard. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, I might have to YouTube Bozo the Clown show. You'll be horrified. See what I'm missing out on. Oh, man. <laughs> At least there's no clowns jumping out of the woods these days. Oh, uh, okay, Fox, give us the send off. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs>